Hey everyone, this is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out. Hi, this is John J.P. Podlasic of Game Dev Advice. I'm a 30-year veteran of the game development industry and have a podcast where I interview artists, animators, programmers, designers, CEOs, and all different types of people that work in the game development industry. Whether you're an aspiring or an experienced game developer, you'll find useful, thought-provoking, and sometimes funny advice on the podcast. So check it out. for the first time ever i'm looking at you the viewer on twitch what's that website what is the website i don't know i'm joking hi welcome to another weekly edition of a show we decided to call weekly games chat clever huh that's how we roll son uh, my name is sean and i'm always joined by two of my favorite people in the whole world i shouldn't say always that's a lie because sometimes we all can't make it but um He's rocking that Zelda shirt, and I'm thinking he's rocking a beer. Maybe. I haven't seen it yet. But, ladies and gentlemen, the man himself, John. There it is. Beer is in is in camera. The chat can see it if they want to on Twitch.tv. Dark beer. That's a dark beer. And of course, the man who knows about the beers. And John and Chris are gonna say some things after I introduce Chris. Chris, what is up, my friend? Hey, Sean. How's it going? Hey. It's it's going up. It's going, buddy. Episode three hundred eight in the house, right? <laughs> John, how is that tasty beer today? Uh, nutty. It's a bit nutty. Mm-mm. Got a touch of pecans Some in the beer, which I don't even know how you do that. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it replaces the <laughs> barley or whatever. Like, like, how do they get the nut? taste in the beer like do they drain the the walnuts or the pecans like i don't all i know is when i drink it yeah in the words of nacho yeah <laughs> and to see those words again exclusivity over on twitch.tv just saying <laughs> chris are you um having a pbr today or anything i am not i had a i had a dr pepper zero here but uh yeah that's the first thing you showed me this morning and you're not a fan 
I didn't say I hate it. I just said like it wasn't. <laughs> it's like, and John, you'll appreciate this as someone who used to drink Dr. Pepper and then went to diet Dr. Pepper. Like of all the original diet drinks, diet Dr. Pepper is probably the best representation of the original product, right? When I went from Diet Coke to Coke Zero, it was like I had been missing something in my life for the last whatever number of years that I'd only been drinking Diet Coke for Coke. Uh, so, you know, I had to, uh, you know, it's just the revelation of, of, uh, of you know, Dr. Pepper Zero just hasn't hit me. Unlike uh, all the other ones, like, man, I actually enjoyed like the, Mountain Dew Zero. I had that recently. That was it, was, it was it was okay. I but you're, it. you're you're trying to pivot because what happened was mm-hmm. I we we start talking and I go, Chris, uh, you don't like the Dr Pepper Zero, and he goes, Nah, it's, it's kind of not like how the Coke Zero is for a a Diet Coke person. And then he and then he basically says, you know, it's just it's all right, kind of like he said now. And I went and I said these words. I said, Well, Dr Pepper Zero is definitely better than diet dr pepper no and he he immediately brought john's name into it because if we all know john john loves the dr pepper zero there there they go mm-hmm. he he sometimes double fit when he goes into the club ladies and gentlemen he's not double fisting beers he's double fisting diet dr peppers because that's how he rolls in the club um <laughs> in the club <laughs> he, he can't get it in his mouth fast enough and anyway it, it, Diet Dr. Pepper is not bad, but I wanted the the Dr. Pepper Zero, and if it came out, I've I've stocked up on it for sure. Yeah, but so Sean, does does Walter know about what? Did it get explained to him on Discord? I no, no. no. Let's 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 table that. The cool. surprise him. <laughs> yeah, but what's up? It's good to see Walter in chat. That's why John brought him up because he he was he was enlightened in our Discord earlier. But apparently, so in my job, I interact with people virtually in a training environment. And at the end of the day, we kind of decompress. We talk about the day and I was sipping a drink in a Mason jar, just like this one. It was this one. I found out that in California, true or not, there was a student there and, and they go, you're, this is trendy. Like what you're doing now is trendy. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm setting trends. I'm drinking out of Mason jars and it's something I've done my whole life. The South is trending. (laughs) We're trending. Like, yay. That's what's up. We did it. But there's, there's something about when's the last time either one of you or chat or anyone listening has had a drink out of a mason jar. It's something very good about it. You know what I'm saying? It it's it's the same, John. It's very like, similar. It's like the you, sweet tea. I like sweet tea out of a mason jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. But it, you know, like when you go to the the grocery store or the corner store and they have the drinks. Uh, they don't, you don't get them a lot in glass bottles and they have them in that like ice bucket that they put them in. There's something about drinking a drink in a glass bottle, nice and cold, pop the top, you know, and maybe that's just me. Maybe it's cause I'm ancient compared to some of our, our fans, you know, like the, the supposed number one fan of our show or the, the real number one fan of our show or the, you know, the one the we cl- don't talk about. Or the, the, you know, the, the folks across the pond. Like, I don't know. I don't know how old we are to people. I don't know. I just know we all love video games, John. That's all I'm saying. But And right now I'm loving this. I'm drinking a Coke Zero, by the way, boys, in a mason jar. What's up? What up? <laughs> I, I like video games. <laughs> they, they aight. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody apparently made a um, 
a Rocky Horror Picture Show joke, and I think our Nightbot yes, attacked Yes, did him. the uh, classic Antisha yeah. patient. patient. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why. Is it the dot, dot, dots? I guess, I yeah. Think. We need so, to tie that, that Nightbot up. So what is... Um, I simply exist here once a week on Twitch. I don't really know much about it. Hey, shocking. <laughs> what is the Nightbot? In theory... The Nightbot- it yeah, is a, uh, it's a system generated moderator so that like, for instance, if someone came in here, all of a sudden just started spanning, uh, our channel with a bunch of like, you know, I guess not malware, but you know, like trying to be like, Hey, Links you should go and or, click yeah. here. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. It would just go ahead and the night, flag the night bots are enforcer. It's a, it, see John, a moderator is so, so <laughs> specifically what, what did, what did it go after Walter for? We don't. We were we were guessing that it either is the dot dot dots. It says it says stop spamming symbols. So yeah, it's probably so that has to be what it is. Yeah, Uh, but or you could just read what Nacho typed in chat on what he thinks the Nightbot is. (laughs) He's he's jealous because he is head moderator. He's like Percy Weasley in the Harry Potter series, Um, (laughs) which is that's a compliment by the way. Don't take that as a slight. Uh, I had to return something today from Amazon. Have you guys had to do that? Chris. <laughs> yeah, I've returned many to... of things from Amazon here. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm, have you, have you utilized the drop-off location thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that for the first time. And uh, while I'm devastated that I got to return what I ordered because it's, it's vital to, to what I need in my life. Um, I had to return it and I found out that you can just take stuff to Kohl's. You don't have to box it. Yeah. Kohl's or UPS. Store. Or the UPS store and go here. We can you tighten this up for me? Yeah, it's like fantastic. No, it's it's not a PS5. I already have a PS5. Uh, it was some some speaker bags for some brand new DJ speakers I ordered, mm. um, and the, the speakers don't fit even oh, though they're no. supposed to. So, oh no! Yeah, yeah. Am you I imagining the fact huh? that you don't have a lot of luck ordering equipment for yourself? <laughs> yeah, because well, you remember before some sort of tent you ordered or some sort of table that didn't assemble properly you couldn't get it to fit together right oh that was, was another DJ thing yeah yeah it was the dj it was they're called facades in the dj world and this facade was a work table a facade and a light truss system hooked up to it it was mm. very good for mobile djs that mm. do parties weddings corporate events things like that mm-hmm. bars whatever and yeah i ordered three of those and remember the holes wouldn't line up i couldn't get it in the hole and we made jokes about that Ah, uh-huh. ha So yeah, it was dented and did exactly. Walter remembers and then dented again. This is I've had some pretty good luck, so I was excited. Um, but what's funny is as I'm going to tell you, this completely contradicts what I just said. So I ordered some new speakers. Three out of the four speakers arrived. The one speaker didn't. Hmm. And as I and I dive deeper into the order history, three came from Mississippi. One came from New Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> but it's because the place I order from, they have warehouses set up. So you get your gear in two weeks. I mean, sorry, two days. So guys, if anyone's listening and you need to know this information, if you're a musician and you're like, how do I, we're talking any musical equipment, I'll give you that information on the side. I just don't want to plug it on air until they start paying me. Cause you know, <laughs> that's how advertising works. There you go. Uh, so it works pretty good, Chris. Yeah. Dropping off and stuff. Amazon claims that once they get it, it'll be two to four hours. I'll get credited back. Is that about what you Well, I mean, it might not post to your 
uh, I, don't, I don't care credit card or whatever. Burn, burn. But yeah, like they'll unless it's like from a if you're doing the one where it is just go to UPS or um, Kohl's, then yeah, they should get it pretty much the moment they get it. The barcode scanned in that they go okay refund. You know. Oh really? So if I send it to I got them today, and you're saying if the wife the wife <laughs> she drops it off at Kohl's today like she's supposed to. Yeah, they'll um, they'll go ahead and more than likely approve it, and then wow. you know whatever it takes for your credit card company to process it. That would be about yeah. That's it. pretty. That's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say that, and I've been kind of amongst you guys, like my friends and other folks. I've noticed that, and maybe they couldn't help it. I've noticed Amazon's the Prime mm-hmm. benefit that used to be we we guaranteed got stuff in two days. You, you're not getting things in two days, really. And no. I, I at first I got it when the pandemic really hit, but I feel like. I feel like legit. So I'm, the same thing I'm returning. I was looking on Amazon and and I was like, okay, they're going to be here on this date. When I put them in my cart, it added one day. And I was like, okay, that's that's fine. They they realize where I'm where I'm at now. When I hit pay, it added another day. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? This is the craziest thing ever. But uh but yeah, so so I've had I'm you thank you. I was a little worried like how this is going to work if they really were able to just kind of like package it for you on the drop off locations and stuff like that. So the last thing I, yeah, I think that Nacho says Amazon, Amazon just hates me. Well, they did let me watch invincible and I'll, I'll table that for a minute. Cause I know Ooh. we get into what we watch, but I want to hear, I want to hear John talk about something. What do you, what, what has been going on for the last week, John, anything? Well, uh, my kid mentioned that, um, that these nuts jokes have come back. You remember, you remember, you remember, uh, you remember uh, these nuts from the nineties, you know, I guess they I never really, I guess they never really died per se, but he gave, he gave me, he, he told me the most epic one I have ever heard. John, do you remember that joke right now? Yes. I'm going to, so Sean, do you want to participate here? I do. Right, so just for the sake of it, yeah, the, the answer the answer needs to be yes. Okay, Don't okay, no, some no matter what. Okay, do, do you like? <laughs> <laughs> this is great stuff. Chris is like, what are they doing? Do you I like ima- the- do you like ima- do you like Imagine Dragons? Yes. Well, imagine. <laughs> well, imagine dragging these nuts across your face. <laughs> I I was in stitches for about ten minutes. I mean, I mean, Sean, picture the night you and I played um, Streets of Rage four. Oh, you know, people like it's already so happening in chat. Uh, they're gonna say that joke is old. They're gonna say we're dads and dad humor. I'm gonna tell you now: if you're not with us yet on age. Wait till you get here. <laughs> Hopefully you're as cool as us and you still play video games. Um, uh, and you, you, you have no idea how funny jokes like these are, <laughs> but like, and remember before you bash us and send emails and say that joke's old, John prefaced it by saying that these nuts jokes are coming back. Okay. I don't think they have left. Never, <laughs> I don't, they may not have left. It was new to me. I dude, You clearly me. saw my reaction. That was legit. <laughs> I want to say it later to somebody. <laughs> oh, that's great. So John's been getting these nuts jokes and playing the topic for this week. That's great. Oh my God. Chris, 
I meant to ask you, you showed me that Dr. Pepper. Did you get those from Publix or did you get them from the gas station war? Uh, no, I got it from Walgreens. They're on oh, sale this either. week. Neither. The, the answer was thin. War. Yeah, <laughs> he has a war where he can't get Coke products. Nope. He only can get Pepsi products. It's crazy. It's very, very, very limited Coke products now. So it's just the reality of uh, when you have different, you know, uh, distributors for, for products and they fight for the right to be in the store. You know, just the way it is. I, I guess, man. I don't I don't know. That would well, that's, that's a new one on me. I didn't know that uh, Coke products were now joining chicken wings. Gas <laughs> only wood. at Chris's. Only at Chris's. Yeah, only only at Zelmo gas Lumber. stations. <laughs> oh, that one across the street from. Yeah, there. yeah. Sean, you remember? Out. You remember when we walked out of the apartment and went to get drinks, and we were crossing the street, and you ran out into the street and got, and you got scared, and you did this circle, and you ran back out, back onto the sidewalk. <laughs> There's no way I can explain to the audience how hysterical that was. Yes, but, I remember. Um, but it freaked me out. Freaked me out too. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I miss I miss shenanigans at <laughs> at Chris's compound when we would. Uh, I'm living in a compound the, now. The seas, <laughs> yeah, to see each other and and we'd go get food and stuff like that. It was great. Those are good times. Yes. Um, and it's funny. Uh, shout out to Nacho on it today. He says, uh, "Dang, Chris has got to find a new Coke dealer." I see. I see what he did there. I see what he did there. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. But guys, I did finish Invincible, and I loved it. John, have you watched it yet? Mm-hmm. It is John. John, you John. would love it. Cool. Like, I, I I think if you get a chance and you find yourself on Amazon, which may or may not happen, Prime, watch it. And I got to tell you, first episode, you're going to ask yourself, is this like a 90s you know, kids cartoon? Like, what am I watching right now? Well, let me tell you, John, these credits come up and you're like, oh, it's over. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, it's not. Wait a minute. What's happening? Yeah. Character reminds me of Blue Beetle from DC. <laughs> mm. That's that's fair. I see. I can see why you see that. Similar outfits. I, I'm not and I'm not I, I, I'm new to that universe. I'm not digging his outfit like at all. Uh, but mm. the show. I'm digging a lot. Now, I don't know if I'm going to take the next step and do like Chris did, because when Chris found out I finished the first season, Chris, what were your words? Do you remember? And I said how I said, brutal I was it like, was. You have no idea. <laughs> you really have no idea where this is going. John, that's brutal with like six O's, dude. Brutal. I mean, let's put it this way. About the closest that you would even begin to get is the episode that had Battle Beast in it. And in the last one, right? Those that's about oh, really? that's about the bar <laughs> for the series. Really? As far as where it ends up and uh yeah. So yeah. The, that it, name it's is, very, is it's a pretty good name because it's a beast and he battles. Yes. So, he he so is I was very surprised because he's not in like the early comics. He comes a little bit that story got moved up a little bit. <laughs> but whenever he shows up, I'm I'm always happy. He he is a great character. <laughs> well you're fun. a great character too. I think so. Um, I, I got to ask you guys, and I thought about this last night and I was like, is this the weirdest order I've ever placed at Papa John's? Uh, if, if you don't know, your boy loves pizza uh, and I frequent Papa John's a lot. It's really close to the house and all that stuff. So last night, uh, Tinley and I got a, I got, 
just in case she listens, y'all, Tinley, at the day of this recording, it's it's Wednesday. Uh, she's turning 10. She is no longer in single digits. So if you listen, happy birthday, Tinley. Daddy loves you for sure. Mm. So Tinley's on the couch last night, and she says, uh, uh, Daddy, I want some Taco Bell. What sucks, like major these nuts, is that there's a Taco Bell being built within like walking distance of my house, but it's not ready yet. No, I mean, it's close. Lights are on and everything. Like the power's up. They're, they're tightening it up. So I'm like, that means I got to drive to another one. We drive, we get our food. We're cool. Everything's nice. And I get home and she, she orders, uh, and I'm having a brain moment. The, the cinnamon things, the crunches, what do they call it? A Taco Bell? Cinnamon twists. Twist. <laughs> I, and I steal one as a joke. And I went, man, so one thing I've been loving from Papa John's when I order pizza is getting some cinnamon pull-aparts. They have a couple of desserts, and this is one of them. My Papa John's, my local Papa John's, has been on it with these cinnamon pull-aparts. So Sean, after eating Taco Bell, pulls up his Papa John's app and orders just cinnamon pull-aparts. It threw everybody a curveball. When I went into the Papa John's, the, the kid at the counter was like, what's your name, your order? He didn't notice that it's going to be just a tiny box of cinnamon roll goodness. He's looking all around. He got managers. He was like, I can't find this guy's order. And I had to be like, it's just uh, it's just the dessert is cinnamon uh, full of parts. And he handed me the box. I saw it was ready. But have you guys ever ordered something? Have you, do you have, does anything come up to where you go, you had dinner, or and then you ordered something in addition on like a, a place you like just the dessert or just the appetizer. Have, am I the only one who's ever done what I did last night is where I'm getting, is there anything that comes to mind? A random order? Like Chris, when you grub hub, is there something you're like, you know what? I just kind of want this. No, is it just me. No. Am no. I alone on this? Yeah. Um, I occasionally <laughs> do like, um, like go to a fast food place and then for dessert go drop by Dairy Queen. Ooh, I guess yeah, that would be the equivalent, right? Like going, oh that's man, I, mean, I can go asking. for some Baskin yeah. Robbins or whatever. But that would oh, be about Nacho, it. I might have just busted. Nacho says I get what a burger burgers and mm. then swing by Dairy Queen for blizzards. Mm. That's a good idea. That's solid, bro. Mm. I gotta yeah. go. Oh, yeah, we got a. You guys want to take a road trip to the nearest uh, Whataburger? Never had one. We need to wait. What? Like, we need to wait mm-hmm. six months for the uh, the one inevitable the, back, you know, like opening rush that's going to happen when it opens in Oliver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, we have one that's going to be about 30 minutes away. Why? If y'all can hear my dog, can you hear my dog? Mm-hmm. I have no, I'm going to, she's going to get punted. That's what's I'm kidding. No dogs are hurt on this podcast. Lord Jesus. The hate Sean, me. put the, put the dog down, Sean, <laughs> sir. I'm not, but uh, yeah. So I, as I was doing that, I was like, I need to ask the boys if I'm the only one that has done this. That's crazy. Hopefully I'm not, but you guys made me feel like I am. So thanks a lot. Best actually friends. back in the day, the frosties also <laughs> frosties. Uh, my famous chicken bit blizzards. <laughs> right <laughs> i used what? to get well i used to get like like when i was living with chris i would get the um the the john special at chick-fil-a it would be like pick oh your God. pick your 
value meal and then I would get some ice cream and then I would dip the chicken fingers in the ice cream. And I called it my chicken bit blizzard. So cool. That was, I mean, thanks for listening, Sean. See how that feels? <laughs> I heard you. I heard everything you said, but my dog's barking. My wife is going to pick Your up a birthday present uh, for, for Tinley for tomorrow, one of the big ones. And she just said, I forgot my wallet. They won't let me pick it up. Oh, no. What time do they close, though? This is not the first time she's forgotten her wallet at a place that she needed it for identification purposes. So, so yay. I don't, I don't know when they stopped picking it up. Mm. Um, John, yeah. So that's that's one that's a trade off, right? I wonder who, I wonder which side you'd pick if you've had In and Out Burger, and you've had What a Burger. Which burger would you say is the best? Everybody knows. Hopefully, when I went to California, the day I had to choose, we're gonna go out to a fast food joint. We were going to Disneyland, but we we're going to eat first. And and the the host was like, two really famous places out here that you can get only here: In and Out Burger and Wiener Schnitzel. And we chose the hot dog over the burger. And I regret that decision to this day. Sounds about right. Sounds about right, right? Yeah. So, but my, my question is if you've had both, are you team What a Burger or are you team In N Out Burger? Hmm. Yeah, he, he nearest, says he has. Where's the, where's the nearest water, water, water burger? Where's Currently that? a long way away. Yeah. But really soon, um, the. Uh, Opelika exit that has Tiger Town's going to have one. Yeah. And that's a very local reference for people who may know where we are in the world. <laughs> and first in the chat, Nacho says In N Out is in Texas now and it's overrated AF. Mm. There's probably a reason for that. They probably stretch their territory a little too, too much because In N Out was typically on the oh, West Coast. And then Walter mm. Actual says, Preach Nacho. Uh, you you interrupt, you interrupted me, Sean. Don't interrupt right. me. Do Don't I, interrupt sir, me. I am sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> it's easy. Okay. They have their cattle supply on the West Coast, and the reason when they when they're asked why they don't expand, they say, "Well, we don't really have any further providers. We like who we like, and we're not going to ship cattle, well, beef that far mm-hmm. because it causes it to not be as as fresh." So I'm surprised that they stretched it out to Texas. I don't know how long they've been in Texas. I feel like that's kind of similar to uh, Five Guys. And I definitely can say, to me at least, Five Guys is not as good as when I was growing up. And it was more of just like a regional thing, right? It was just Virginia, D.C., and Maryland. And like how it is now, it's still good. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it a good bit, right? But right. it, it, for whatever reason, it, it's not quite the same. So I wonder if that's what it is, right? Once you once you start expanding, it changes. I, I wonder. Love, if, I love. In, I love um, Five Guys. It's just every every time I have their burger, I feel like I need to pop a blood pressure medicine. That's fair. It's just, I feel <laughs> awful. Well, Chris and I are like immediately. This has to come out. Something's happening. We got to get home. <laughs> uh, and the douche train is chugging. Why am I pulling uh, up my phone and going to find that's what happens, Sean, that's what happens to me every time we go to Popeye's. I have, really? to, get, I have to get home. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just something's just not right there. You just reminded me of another food story I had this week. Do we have time to say it before the topic? I can make it quick. If not, we can move on. You're at 26 minutes. You know what? 
We'll we'll just table that. You know, <laughs> I I, can't, I am, and he's about halfway done with his drink, and I I'm I'm excited to hear about this topic. And and Walter's going. Do you like hearing yourself talk? Because you're the one talking about it. Mm. And shortly, he will understand certain things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for making it this far on the show. Whether you fast forwarded it to here because you saw in the notes that this is where you wanted to be, the topic, or if you uh, have been here the whole journey, how fun has it been, huh? That's what's up. But yeah, we are at the promised land of the topic timeness. And I usually pivot here. I'm going to again because Chris, and only a way that Chris can do it, is going to let you and everyone else know what this week's topic is. Are you ready? As I I'm grab ready. a piece of paper, <laughs> I'm getting ready. How are you going to say it? Do you know? Uh, man, yeah. There's like 18 different ways I could say this, right? I, th- I think Do this is all. the official way. It's the REV is the official way. That's kind of like some Harry Potter I'm gonna stuff. I'm going to go here. with this. The, I, think uh, I think it's REV, dude. The topic is... <laughs> Resident Evil 8, The Village! <laughs> and I think I think he just made stuff up. That's what, He wrote that down to go with it, John. No, I wrote down the time I got to edit the effect. Oh. That's what oh. I wrote down. Is well, unfortunately, the unfortunately, the game that Sean, uh, that Chris stated, I didn't play, so I have to yeah, go back. Gotta move well, on. yeah, because you were you obviously find that one. You obviously like me this weekend went through Mass Effect, so you can finally finish this freaking series after a decade. <laughs> Wait, John has it? He started it and didn't finish it. He's I beaten the Mass first Mass Effect, oh. and I played a good bit of the second one and said, "This is crap," mm. and so, so I moved on. <laughs> but but Chris said Resident uh Mass Resident Mass Effect 2 is his favorite game of all time. It is. All time? It is. Like that's number 1 for Chris. It I is. thought Witcher hmm. 3 is probably second. Close uh, second. I'll say this, it can go back and forth between those two. <laughs> there's not, you know, there's not that's, much of a gap big. between them. Um but yeah. <laughs> no, I've never I mean, we'll we'll get to that at some point. I have a feeling on this show same, but same you know. <laughs> but yeah well, let's good. let's, let's not make it about mass effect for now <laughs> so on the uh <clears throat> on the on the on the menu screen it says uh, on the on the menu screen for the game it says village in big lettering yes and in, and at the bottom in smaller lettering it says resident evil take that what you know take that how you want it all everything works resident evil village village resident evil resident evil 8 all of them, all of them are applicable. Oh, applicable. Applicable, Sean. It's a good word. Sounds good coming off your lips to my ears. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, um, so yeah. What do y'all want to know? Good stuff. Well, this I is think, the point where um, I think you should. Uh, I think you should yeah. play it. Should I go ahead and start my review of the game since I played it and beat it? Is that what should happen? Well, we should probably admit something to Walter. 
Yeah. Specifically to Walter because he was on our Discord, John, which is, of course, exclusive to Weekly Games Chat. You know, Richards and fans and things of that nature. Uh, where Walter was pleased to know that I finished the game and I am a god amongst men. Yeah. Do you even own the game yet? So this is when I need to return my Heisman trophy. <laughs> you Reggie Bush? <laughs> I need to apologize <laughs> for the errors I has I has made. Yeah. I don't even would... own I don't I would John, I was thinking today, real talk. Um I was I was getting ready for the show and I was thinking, oh, how how much of a blur? This is absolutely hundred percent truth. That the episode, not last week, but the week before, until right now. Mm-hmm. I don't remember because of I seriously think the DJing on the weekends screws me up with time. Mm. I really do. Uh, I wanted badly to play this game with you. I, there was not like game of the year anticipation. You know, I'm, I wasn't, I'm never going to, I shouldn't say never. I'm probably going to horizon myself again. Yeah, at did some you finish point. Horizon? Yeah. Didn't he? I got oh. close. I'm very close. He did not finish Horizon. Yeah, very. You know, John. No, 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 no. You will always, you will always play a game, mm-hmm. but there's something about you finishing a I game. I just can't do it. But I get, I get nervous. That's not. <laughs> that's well, not well, normal. Well, the, I, I saw a study one time that said something about sixty percent of gamers don't finish games they start. The, um, the, which is, you know. And I have my fair share of stuff that I, that I have to move on to, and I just never go back. But um, yeah, the, it's you're not alone, Sean. You're not alone. The best well, litmus I, test. I feel like I am. The best litmus test, if, friends. if you ever need to get that reality that yes, like it's like the biggest perplexion that's going on is that everyone wants games that are apparently are eighty to ninety hours, but then like you actually pull up the achievement or trophy list of these games, or even smaller games. And you actually, if you beat a game and you know what the achievement or trophy is that tells you you beat the game, go look at how many people who have played this game actually have it. Because I I often see it around 13%. You know, it's not like some huge number of people that play games actually beat them. We we don't need to squirrel too much. Why? That's a real thing. Why do you think that is? I just think people. Stuff just comes up. Yeah, I mean, people end up like, you know, going back to things that they enjoy, especially in the online world gaming. (laughs) Like if you take like someone like yourself, just think of you. Like if I give you a game and like it's something like uh, Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, You you might play it for 15 hours and be like, this is great. But what happens when all of a sudden Josh reaches out to you or Mike says, come play Final Fantasy 14 or or wow. Or this Right. You know, there's a bunch of people I think out there that it's, it's call of duty. It's Fortnite, It's rocket league. It's yeah. yeah, Take your pick. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that pulls people, but I think it's in, it's the other side is that a lot of people don't really want long games. They just think they do. Yeah. In theory, they they think it's great. I got to say guys, Sean's Sean's go-tos if you notice, and and Sean, we're not trying to psychoanalyze you, but (laughs) it's fine. I love it because we get jokes (laughs) Sean's, like from- go-to, Sean's go-to games are games that don't really have endings. No, they don't. Like, so it's it's just an interesting... Interessante. Interessante. It's, like, it's not something that's unique, too, because, like, right now, you know, I'm in 
what everyone who's on discord knows what I'm into right now, but I've been playing near replicant too. And I do not hate it in any capacity. And I want to finish that game, you know, and, and then maybe come on here at some point and talk about it. But like, I have to keep reminding myself in my head, it's like a psychological thing. Like, no, you need to go back to this because you know that it will probably be something that is worth finishing. You know, well, I mean, the it, last it's, game it's I hard. finished was with Chris. Admittedly, it was it takes two. And how and long was that game? That, it wasn't too too long, and yeah. I got to play it with you, and we it was fun. That was what was look. You mm. know, I looked forward to it. And um, Sean, we finished. You and I finished Wolfenstein. Yeah. So there's absolutely. the there's, there's a connection. This, there's this pattern of 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 cooperative play with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I mean, I just, John, have you uh, finished Assassin's Creed yet? Thanks, Chris. That's my boy. Uh, but John, <laughs> before we move on, and you're about to start an epic review but, of Village. But Chris, to, have you finished Sekiro yet? <laughs> I have not. I have not. Guys, but like this, that that's the point Sekiro. is that like. You know, you look at something like Assassin's Creed, you've had to work on it since November, right? And then on the flip side, this game, I know you've finished and it's, I know it's not 20 hours even. It's like probably 14 hours, right? Getting back to Resident Evil, I guess, pivoting back. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've heard. Sean, you're about to say something? I was going to say, we may have a, not only line of the year, I mean, sorry, line of the show contender. Mm Mm-hmm. This may be a line of the year um, by a fan for the fans. This was presented to us in talks about me finishing games by S10 Draven. That's his, that's his Twitch handle. You know him as other handles. You don't need to pull out of the game. It's okay to finish. It can't get pregnant. That's an amazing point. Yes, that's an amazing point. I have a new um, challenge so- in life. <laughs> so, Sean, you're always... So when, when, you know, when we say, you know, you ready to, you ready to pull out and you say never, never. Yeah. Well, that's no, my apparently, shtick. Apparently not never. Cause apparently you're all game. <laughs> games. I'm like, I'm out. You're like, Oh, <laughs> boss. I'm out. <laughs> so, um, piggybacking off of that comment about, you know, about a length of games, Um, that's one of the things I was thinking about when I was playing resident evil village, not only is this thing not, not long in the, in, in the, in the traditional sense of what, of what games are today. Um, but it, it, there, there's a, it, 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 it does a good job at respecting your time. Now this game, by most people's accounts, you can finish this game between eight and 15 hours. It depends on what you want to do. depends on all the, if you want to go, all in with, you know, finding the treasures, unlocking, you know, lock picking all the drawers and all just, you know, trying to be as completionist as you can. But <clears throat> when it comes to a game like this, I, I'm looking around, I'm looking around, around the game and the world and everything. And everything is so freaking beautiful. And when you look at a production value like that, that, you know, takes a confined space but makes it <clears throat> makes it as beautiful and as alive and as lush as it can be. You start to ask yourself, you know, about the concept of of quality over quantity versus quantity over quality, and and how we charge for games in that you know 
people make people make assessments about buying paying full price for a Skyrim because it can it can take you 150 hours to just get lost in that world. But there's also, you know, the idea of <clears throat> Skyrim or anything Bethesda does, and for the most part, will never look as good as a as the production value of something like this that is more concise, more restrained in its gameplay approach and the, and just the way it looks. I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, Witcher, Witcher 3, you could say, was a lush and gorgeous game. Odyssey was the same. But there's something, there's something to be said about really digging into the quality of a game, giving you the value of those eight hours. I mean, it's okay that a game is eight hours. What was the experience like? And that's right. and that's the question. And and, and you, that's a that's more than a valid point. Like one of the most back and forth games on whether it was good or not, or was it even a game or not. Me and Chris loved it. Was Firewatch? We played it for what four hours. It yeah. wasn't that, it, but I loved the experience, and it got me thinking. And and that held value, and that I mean that's that's just one example. And even, so what this and so what's this game eight to ten hours or however long it took you to beat it? If it's if you feel a certain way once you played it and you felt like you got value out of it, what does it matter? When yeah, I played the sure. Vader Immortal series <clears throat> on VR, I paid nine dollars, ten dollars a piece for each one. They weren't that long, but I to this day I'm like blown away by the experience I had. I so, never yeah. like going back the the most one that always vividly played in my mind was when portal two came out and there was a backlash that was only eight or nine hours. And I was like, this is a game that is primarily designed around two things like comedic writing and, um, you know, and puzzle solving in very unique, uh, environments. Right. And I was like, there's never a point in that game where you feel like you're getting repetitive it's consistently introducing new things and, and making you think and evolve how you're doing it. And then on the flip side, um, you know, it never outstayed its welcome. And there were people, I remember this when that game came out, they just, they complained. They, they really almost wanted to riot the fact that, they were okay with portal one being a four hour game because it was part of a collection. But now all of a sudden they were just demanding, no, this needs to be, you know, a 25, 30 hour experience. I was like, no, it doesn't. It, it, it came in here and it did what it needed to do. And it got out before guys it got like stale. me couldn't even get the right portals off to go past the first like yeah. five minutes. <laughs> we were on the struggle bus. Struggle. It was real. I was the captain of the struggle bus for portal two, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I, I've, I've, um, I have really enjoyed the past, gosh, four years, I guess, um, of the Resident Evil Renaissance, and not only that, the Capcom Renaissance. Um, you know, I've just, I've, I've discovered new titles recently, as we know, dipping my toe into other things. But Resident Evil has particularly been a personal joy for me as a gamer since the release of resident evil seven biohazard and sean's played it i think chris you've played some of it too mm -hmm. um it just has this feel that told you that number one resident evil was listening to its fans and really just trying to do something different while kind of going back to to its roots and since that time, we've gotten we've gotten seven, we've gotten remakes of two and three, and now Village. And Village is 
uh, a direct sequel, not just numerically, but it's a direct sequel to the story that began in 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 Resident Evil Seven. And then, and it kind of left it open ended um, in Resident Evil Seven, much like much like you might find it might leave it open ended in this game. But you know, obviously, I leave it to to the fans who play it to 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 decide that. But this has been an amazing. Gosh, I mean, I think Resident Evil has ended up on my top five list every year since since the games have come out. Um, but it's just been a joy to experience, and I'm I'm happy to say right off the bat that Village is absolutely no exception to that. It is it is it was there was never a time during the playing of this game where I felt pushed. Where I said, "Oh gosh, I just I gotta finish this for the show." It's one of the few times, not to say the games that I haven't covered haven't been great, but it's one of those few times where you're 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 playing for the joy of it, and covering it on a show is simply an aside. You're, it's almost not even in your brain because you're just so engulfed in it, and that's definitely been the case for me. Um, in this, it, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, it does, it takes a, a many have said, so, and I'm going to say it here. Many have said that it's, that it's almost a resident evil greatest hits. Um, it takes, it takes what everybody loved about resident evil four and combined it with what worked in resident evil seven. Now I can tell you that resident evil seven, having played it just recently, uh, for this, for the second time, just to be, just to be familiar with it, um, still consistently, you know, I, I was telling Sean at one point I was I was hiding from um, the Baker patriarch in, at the end of a hallway, and I just uh, refused to leave. I was I was squatted down, hearing his footsteps all over the house, and not moving for twenty minutes because I was just not. <laughs> I just didn't want to go turn the corner, and there he is. Right. Um, so you know, from beginning to end, Resident Evil Seven was just brutal sadistic frightening it almost consistently throughout it i mean you were always just on a on the edge of your seat um when it comes to village there's highs and lows and i don't mean highs and lows in a negative context i think i think that that the fact that this is a greatest hits kind of thing it's almost like so the village is like this hub um and in it, it's it's basically where your Chris, you got something you can talk. I'm, I'm going to make a phone call. We were trying. Yeah, to I was I was trying to give him a out, thumbs so up. <laughs> I'm going to call my wife. So be right back. Your wife. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So, <clears throat> I mean, many would argue that that seven and four are probably the most successful from a fan perspective iterations of the game. Um, but there's so many good there's so many good things out there, but. The village itself is this amazing place, uh, just full of just, you know, just terror, adventure, um, exploration, everything you could possibly want from a Resident Evil game. It gives you it gives you that. And it, it never seems excessive. It never outstays its welcome. But you find yourself in this village and you're looking for you're looking for your daughter. And, you, and again, you play as an Ethan Winters. Uh, someone I can say, and, and, and this comment has been made on the web. I can say that, um, for some reason, Capcom hates, res, uh, hates Ethan Winter's hands. <laughs> they just, 
they just want to mutilate his hands all the yeah, time. Yeah, I've seen a couple of like, because I, you know, I don't really mind like a Resident Evil game at this point getting spoiled for me because I, I'm definitely not someone who is like so attached to the lore that I would be worried. So I've I've watched a couple of sequences and like when I was like, I was like, wait, did that just happen? <laughs> you know, as far as in regards to his hands, like I was like, <clears throat> okay, I guess we're not uh, going for like because of the thing yeah, i don't want to spoil anything but just like certain things i saw them <clears throat> happen to his hands and then what happened afterwards i'm like okay what, video what, games all right what? let's do this <laughs> well it's interesting i mean one of the craziest <laughs> things you know and they and they turned it into a and kind of a they they turned it into a game mechanic in resident evil 7 where you get your hand cut off and then you wake up at the baker table with all the, with the family members, you know, Jack and everybody around the table and they've basically stapled your hand back on and attached. And I think this, they attach what looks kind of like a smartwatch onto your hand and, and they use that as the mechanic to um, kind of look at your, your life meter and, you know, whether you're close to death, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you immediately were going, how the heck did they do that? And they never really, they never games. really, they never really went into it, but it's interesting. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm deviating a little bit, but it's interesting that, that we learned a few months ago when they were developing this game that around four to three months before resident evils development finished resident evil sevens development finished, they were already starting the process on resident evil village. And that makes, and I can tell you when, when I played the game and I was for village and I was coming towards the end of the game, you could tell that that was definitely the case that they, that they were working on these two games sort of in tandem. Mm. And I say that to say that Ethan Winters gets brutalized in ways that you've never really seen um, other characters in the game sustain that kind of, those kinds of energy um, injuries and so they, I can just say without spoiling anything that they kind of work that dynamic into the story and they do it very well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, and, 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 you know, he, he's, he's more seasoned in this game and there's this sort of throwaway line in the storyline early in the game where you're talking to your wife at the beginning of the game saying that your you've wife. gotten this, you'd got, yeah, you'd gotten this uh, military training, you know, uh, between seven and eight. Um, so it's like this throwaway line to explain all the things that you're better able to do. And, uh, of course. So, yeah, you just, it, you it know, works. it was like, it was like when it Tom works. Hanks trained for saving private Ryan, he went and did that little boot camp, and he was good to go and storm the beaches of uh, Normandy. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> so the, like I said, village is sort of the central hub. <clears throat> um, and then there are these outside areas that you have to go to. And it's like these, these sort of these overlords of these certain areas of the village. Um, obviously, everyone, Lady Dimitrescu took the internet by storm. Um, um, she, that is she's not what the, Nacho called her in the chat. He called her Nacho Big say? Mommy Milker Vampire Lady. <laughs> Oh, that's good. You know, I I will say I stumbled upon this YouTube video of this um of this mod for mm-hmm. for that area, and basically it it was so simple. It gave Ethan a fly swatter, mm-hmm. and there was a video of him just chasing Lady Dimitrescu around, 
<laughs> smacking her on the backside. There is already a ton of um, great mods from my understanding that have been put out there. Like I know <clears throat> isn't like, I don't think this is spoilers because it's in the trailers, right? Chris is in this yeah. game, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. for for those who never played seven, I mean, it was, came out in 2017. So if you, if you're not, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Chris, like I, Chris, <clears throat> Chris shows up at the end of the game. Yeah. Like I, I think and there's like, a, there's a, there's a DLC committed to in resident evil seven. There's a, there's a DLC expansion committed to Chris Redfield. Well, from my understanding, for whatever reason, I don't know the context, but I guess there is some point where there is a baby version of Chris or, or like, or just a baby in it, right? And someone has already modded where they took the baby's face off of the baby and put it on Chris's face. <laughs> so you just have him running around this game. Oh, uh, I've only seen the one where Mia is holding Rose mm. and they put chris redfield's face in yes the, and they've done that they've done redfield. the opposite and then the other one i've okay. seen was uh with lady whatever her name is the vampire lady someone already mined it where <laughs> they put thomas the tank engine's face on her uh, yeah yeah that's Actually, creepy that's, too yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh so when i say that this game is sort of a resident evil greatest hits it's that <clears throat> all these overlords there's basically four kind of overlords of the village with um the main lady mother miranda is is what she's called is sort of oversees those four overlords um and every overlord's area sort of <clears throat> to me almost serves as a different style of resident evil gameplay over the past 25 years so you know lady dimitrescu and her and her massive castle mansion which is just is just a beautiful set piece. I mean, it's just, it, it, and when you, I will say when you're, when you're, when you're walking out onto the, and you see the village for the first time, it's like something, it's like, it's like you're walking into a Castlevania game. Um, just, just from pure imagery. And you know that I'm a sucker for that, but um, you know, you've got the lady Dimitrescu's uh, mansion that kind of serves as like that classic original, you know, police station, thing where you've got the tyrant chasing after you and you've got this constant yeah. stalker presence. Yeah. That's sort of what the mansion does with Lady Dimitrescu. Once I mean she once she shows up, you just have to spend all your time in that mansion just avoiding you know, her. Avoiding her, getting, you know, all that stuff. And it's it's really fun and she's she really is just a really refreshing character. She's just fun. And she's, she's not, I wouldn't call her terrifying. She's just really, um, there's just, I don't know. It's, it's, you think of all those great villains in video games and she just has that quality. There's just, there's just a quality. You can't put your finger on it. I feel there's just this quality about her. I feel like that's been kind of like where the hype a little bit, you know, obviously there are other reasons, I guess, uh, as far as the internet yeah, is concerned, why they're, but, um, it's the internet. It's the internet. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the other part of it is like, as you said, like usually it's just been when you have a figure like that in the Resident Evil series, it's just a nameless kind of impending doom that's just slowly walking and that's it. Instead, you know, as far as her villain, she doesn't to me look like any other villain that I recall seeing throughout my times with Resident Evil and, you know, 
to take her and blend her, as you said, like with those classic things and make something new of it and yeah. maybe give you something that you're just not necessarily used to in the Resident Evil world. It, yeah. I, I think it's a cool idea. It's interesting. It's like, you know, somebody said, let's do, let's do a vampire. Oh, come on. Everybody does vampires. Yeah. Well, yeah, but let's make her nine feet tall. And like give her I mean, a goth so, like debutante I mean, thing going on or whatever yeah. it is. It's like you've have you've got the cut scene where you see her creep down to come into a door. But when you're in gameplay mode and the first time you see her, she's coming through a door and she's cr- and she's crouching down to get through it. Um she had me just you know petrified and going tee <laughs> the whole time. You know, just think about uh, I would just I mean it's like it's like it's like the 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 tyrant character in Resident Evil Two stalking around the police station, but with class. Um, and plus, she's got her three daughters that you also have to contend with that basically do the same thing. So you're trying to avoid contact with you know all these all these all these enemies. You know, it also and, and it introduces that the, the there's these dungeons down below the mansion that that sort of introduce that that terror. Um, so you know, like by like, like Resident Evil seven, there's this consistent level of terror. Uh, village does that, um, uh, but not consistently. It gives you highs and lows. Um, the second area is, is more of that horror psychological element, um, where there's no, I mean, there's no, I mean, you're basically going through a haunted house and I got to tell you, it, it, it is, it, it it almost is as creative to me as the um, Dishonored Two level, uh, the Clockwork Mansion. Oh wow, that's high praise. Uh, it's it's just it's just a really it's just a really incredible. It doesn't take that long. It, it's not necessarily difficult per se, but the experience is just really terrifying. I mean, that's where the second the second area is where you get that classic mm. horror feel, um, and you get it sporadically throughout every area but this one is where they really dedicated psychological um, psychological John, john's shouting out the chat this is actually a really good question mm-hmm. um how does she compare to you as far as a villain right um to irene engel mm-hmm. from wolfenstein 2 fame because <laughs> she was pretty dang uh she yeah that was that that's a very good villain I gotta say, I liked I liked her a lot more than I liked uh, the villain from. I can't remember the proper name to the villain from the first Wolfenstein, but I remember I was waiting to finally have B.J. Blazkowicz get his revenge in that one on her. I don't know what it is, man, but when I see a a, a female villain and she has some what I call like I, would, I can say sex appeal to her, I like dig it. And this lady, she's about a thousand foot tall, but I kind of, I'm kind of digging it. Is that weird? <laughs> you need to go ask you yourself and, some, you, some personal you, questions. Uh, you and the internet, my friend, you yeah. and the internet, but, yeah. I, you know, but, 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 but you're right. She's, um, as I, I would put, I would put, um, yeah. the villain from Wolfenstein ahead of this because she's your classic, no redeeming quality. Yeah. Just evil beyond evil. Lady Dimitrescu is, I don't know how to say it. She's likable. I mean, she's, she's, she's charming. 
she's polite even when she's trying to kill you. Oh, I mean, so she this has is like Glados. Okay, got it. Is yeah, it's, no, it's, that's what vampires just, do. They have a just, charm about them. Right? Yeah, she has. I mean, she, she's she's. It's just a well, very. She's a very appealing character. Plus, it's a little bit more appealing, I, I imagine, because she's she's still a vampire, right? She's doing what a vampire needs to do, right? Versus uh something like Wolfenstein, where it's like, no, they're Nazis. Yeah. And if, and if you care about if you care about lore in the game, like really looking at, you know, really focusing on journals and letters and things that you come across, all of these characters, all these villains, all these lo- overlords, I'm calling them overlords. Um, you sort of get explanations as to why they are what they are. Um, so the fact that there's werewolves and, and, and vampires and, and mermen and all these crazy things, it's not it. It, it seems it seemed random when they were doing the press and the marketing for the game. Like all of a sudden resident evil is about werewolves, but you know, everything, this game, I can say it does an amazing job in my opinion, tying things back and making them connected to resident evil seven um, by the end of it. So, I, so I mean, the, the other character in the game that that's really a highlight is the Duke. Um, the Duke is the, is the, is the, is the shopkeeper and he shows up everywhere. Um, you know, you penetrate the castle, you penetrate the warehouse, ha ha. And he just, and, and he's there. Um, he sells you, you know, he sells you weapons. He sells you ammunition. He sells you, you know, medical supplies, all these things. But, you know, there's all the, also, you know, it's a really good balance of currency, where you know if you put if you focus on it you can find a lot of treasure within the world um that you sell back the to the duke and you know uh when you kill enemies they leave behind valuable artifacts that you can excuse me sell to the duke so it's real easy to get money um this game i will say the difference one of the differences between previous games that that are more focused on survival horror i never i never really had many moments where I was really squeezed for ammunition. It does a pretty good job. And and that's, you know, when, when it comes to resident evil, you could say that's probably part of the tension. You're like, I'm about to go into this dark murky basement and I've got two bullets in my chamber. You know, it's just, it's like, it's a, it's a combination that adds to the intensity. So I'll say that maybe there's a psychological aspect to have having, okay, I've got, I've got 60 rounds in my Magnum. Um, so I'm going to be okay, at least for now. So it does a pretty good job keeping you loaded up on ammunition. It, you really, I never really had a moment where I think I ran out of at least my shotgun and my handgun. Um, so it keeps you, it keeps you consistent on that. And the Duke is just this really cool character. He, he gives you, he, he's, he works himself into the story. He tells you, he reveals things to you as you're trying to find your daughter you know, he's that, he's sort of like that, that, that constant guide who's not really, he's not really technically your friend, but he's not your enemy. Um, he's just sort of this thing, this random thing that exists in the world that, that is the only helping hand you have. Um, so it's really easy to come by, you know, currency to buy everything. And the really cool thing is, you know, when you find him in a new location, um, he stocks up on new stuff. Right. Um, and there's, and there's this thing where you can find animals in the world to kill. 
like chickens and hogs and goats and things like that, that you could sell to him. And I did sell some things to him early on without really understanding what was about a mechanic that later revealed itself where you could take these ingredients to the Duke. Um, You say you have two chickens, two fish, do this and this, and you can combine things and he will cook something for you that will permanently increase your stats, whether it be your life, whether it be your speed, things like that. Uh, Unfortunately, I sold some things to him early on without understanding what this stuff was for. So I wasn't able to get all of my buffs um, through the dishes he would cook because there's only a finite number of resources in the world. Once you kill them, they don't come back. They don't come back to that area. It's it's simply pretty cool. Yeah. If there's chickens on the map and you kill all those chickens in that area of the map, an X goes through it. X gonna give it to you. That's uh, to you. that's what I learned when I killed all the bison in Red Dead Redemption. They don't come right. back. Yeah. So, like so the you, real bison. Thanks, Chris. So you know how Resident Evil most of the time deals with inventory space. Um, it's really funny because uh, a lot of the inventory space, a lot of the inventory that you need to do certain things, never makes any sense in a Resident Evil game. So you, you'll find these wells in the world and there you know you've got the rope that goes down into the well but you can't get what's in the well because you haven't yet found an item that that a wheel that you attach to the well to make you turn it so the rope comes up um you know that character he's blowing up on the internet where somebody where he he makes comment he doesn't even comment he does these things where someone says that they've come up with a hack and he shows up and says, why don't you just do it this way instead? You know that guy? I, I, he, yeah, he the guy who's on uh, TikTok where he's like, right. you know, they do yeah, something like, like like with the roll of toilet paper where they're twirling it. So it comes thing. out and he just yeah. goes, tears it right. off. Right. It, he does these <laughs> simple things. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what kind of reminds me of things like, you know, with this, you need this wheel to pull up the rope but in real life you could take that rope and just pull it up with your hand and get what's in there so it's just like you know ethan goes up to the well and goes oh i can't pull up the rope i need the wheel and it's it's just stuff like that logically that you just sort of have to separate yourself from that doesn't that's never really made sense in these types of resident evil games but nevertheless that's it um so you can do i mean you could do crafting you can find resources in the world you can craft bullets you know, medical supplies, things like that. Um, there are there were weapons by the end of the game that I had not yet bought, and I still didn't buy. There were so there was a there's a whole slew of weapons that I didn't even purchase, which is which kind of goes towards the replayability of the game. So once I beat the game, uh, the mercenaries mode unlocked, the extra insanity mode, difficulty mode unlocked. Uh, new game plus unlocked where I can go in. I can now go into the game with everything I have and work toward getting other things. And you need to do that kind of stuff. If you want to go for the platinum trophy, that kind of thing. Are you going for it? Mm, I'd like to, Um, we'll see how it goes, but it opens up um, also this currency. It's it's a lot like they did in resident evil three where you do certain things within the game and it gives you sort of a, currency outside of the game where you can go in and purchase infinite ammo for the magnum infinite ammo for the shotgun 
infinite ammo for the assault rifle, things like that, which adds to the real adds to the allure of replayability. Um, but yeah, this um, it, it just sort of adds to the the replayability. All the characters are great. The story is great. This game, I will say, surprised me um, because the marketing just, you know, everything they were doing with the marketing seemed so random. Like, is this just sort of a new adventure for Ethan Hunt? But it it definitely is a continuation of the story of this, of these characters. Wait, um, is his name Ethan Hunt? I'm sorry. Ethan Winters, not Ethan Hunt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yep. No, it's not right. But, um, you know, the characters, the everything is so memorable. The, one of the things that really was a knock for Resident Evil 7 was, as far as enemy types, basically all you had was what they called the molded. As these things that come out of the wall, that they, they, they were really souped up devil tar babies. I mean, they were just, I mean, they were freaky. They were, you know, dangerous to deal with, but they never really had any more variety than that. Um, but this one, there's every, every level, every area you go to has its own distinct look, has its own distinct environments and enemies that go along with that. You're dealing with zombies. You know, you have those as well. You're dealing with these undead creatures that behave like zombies. You're dealing with these werewolves. Um, you know, so you have, you have this amazing variety of enemies. Um, they even have these Towards the end of the game, they have these mechanical cyborg things that you have to fight that can really take. If you're not, if you're, that's when you really start to have to start to have to focus on, you know, management of your inventory um, to make sure you're strategically fighting these things correctly. Because you could just waste so much ammo if because you're just not you're not fighting them efficiently. But um, through and through, this game was was a definite definite joy to play. I can tell you that this game not only does it tie in effectively to the previous installment, but it does a surprisingly amazing job at tying to the original, to the original game in this series. Um, and I, and I will leave that there, but, but I th- it's almost as if, I think if I recall, you have to really focus on the lore in the game to really find where the connections are. Um, it was really an amazing connection. It was like a, you know, all expletive kind of moment where you're like, dude, I can't, that, that was brilliant. So, you know, um, I would say that this game through and through is, is just totally worth the cost of admission. It's, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a good value for your money. The game will take you between eight and 15 hours. I say give it a go. It's got something from every it's got something for every fan of Resident Evil whether you're into the more action oriented or you're you're into the more um survival horror aspects. Um the gunplay is from the first person perspective is is the best it's ever been. Sometimes it feels like feels like it's a call of duty <laughs> depending on the area. Well, but but if you covered cool. this while I stepped out, my apologies. Um this is the the Resident Evil 7 was first person. Resident Evil Village is first person. That's that's not the norm for Resident Evil games. Normally it's that third person, right? Right. Um, it still feels as good as 7. And and do you think this is where the series needs to go? If you mention that again, that's my apologies. I had to take that phone call. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you prefer as a Resident Evil fan when you play your game? The classic third person or something like this? 
I'll answer it this way. I think the greatest Resident Evil ever made is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I really like that perspective. Um, I never want the, sh- the series to go back to um, the original design. And Chris, you remember that. It could just be so difficult to... And that probably, that's yeah, probably different what era. You know, made it. Yeah. I mean, if they had a way to make it more accurate, more less frustrating, I'd, I'd be down to see it. But I, I think that the over-the-shoulder third-person perspective is the best way to play Resident Evil. However, oh. the, the way they do the first person in Resident Evil 7 and Village, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. It doesn't really, it doesn't feel different. Um, it still feels like the Resident Evil experience. Um, I just like I just like the style of Resident Evil Two and Three remake. Um, so hopefully they're making a Resident Evil Four remake in that same vein. I, I know it was already in that vein, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But you know, it, it's just um, the art direction, the characters, the voice acting, just it's such a high production value and it's one of those rare games that when they released it, it was pretty much in the bag. As far as I know, I could be mistaken, but there was no day one patch. There's, there's been no updates. It is what it is. Um, they, I think they delayed it, um, a little bit. Um, but it's, it's so rare to get a game where there's not some sort of patch that they have to, you know, put on a game these days. It's like getting that old NES cartridge and it's ready to go. Right. So it's, it's been, so I I know that, um, are we, I think it's resident evil verse resident evil universe or some sort of multi multiplayer aspect was delayed. It's coming later this summer. Mm. Um, so Mm. I don't know. I I might give that a world, but, um, Mercenaries is supposed to be very popular with fans. I don't know that I'm going to give that a shot unless it's required for the platinum. Uh, and even then I might go, I'm out. But um, I think this game is about as fantastic a Resident Evil game as you can get. So obviously now you're going to give it a six, right? Yeah. Oh man. I wonder is, is, uh, is Jeff playing this game? I believe he is. Uh, his son, just to, you know, his son has become all things Resident Evil over like the last year or two, right? I think yeah. going back to Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, and from my understanding, what Jeff told me, he pretty much demolished it in a weekend. <laughs> he got that Friday and it was done by Sunday. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this game is excellent. What would you give it on a scale? If you had a Richard and that scale was your love for it. Yeah. I don't know. Funny. Uh, Six. Boy. I feel so bad that this has sort of been repetitive for me with resident evil. It's almost predictable. Um, so I mean, it's at least a nine. I'm and acknowledging and not acknowledging my bias for the series. Um, Love to love love for one of you to get your hands on it and tell us what you think at some point later on in the in the in the year, but this to me is probably close to a nine seven five. Wow, mm, ten. There used to be an old. Uh, uh, right now, I'm drawing a blank on the artist, but a country song that says that's close enough to perfect for me. Mm. Uh, so there you go, John. 
That's a uh, that's some goatee level stuff for you. Yeah, it is. Like, like I just call it game of the year. You <laughs> shut it down, boys. Take that, Ratchet down. and Clank. <laughs> yeah, right. No chance. Cue in Vince McMahon's uh, theme song when he comes no in. No chance. Right? <laughs> that's what you got. NVR. Uh, um, uh, MVRSH sound says top notch review. John, as always, I echo those that sentiment. Perfect, John. I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I apologize again for having to step out, but sometimes real life stuff happens. Like your wife forgets her card to pay for the birthday present she went to go pick up. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, John, Jude? And John, oh, what's up? Do you want to do some news? Do I? I do. Okay. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! Peakage. Yes. Peakage. Coming in. Uh, <laughs> we are uh, hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen. We have the hottest and freshest news uh, to coincide with this week's episode, episode 308, in case you're wondering. Hot and ready. Hot and ready. Hot and like, ready. Little it's, like, it's like little Caesars. And to lead us off, let's you talk know about what, You know what uh, eating Little Caesars will lead to? A very uh, nice steamer. Uh, Gabe Newell. <laughs> the president of Valve has hinted that the PC-only Steam games could be coming to consoles and said we should have more information, quote, by the end of the year. The information came through a Q&A at a college where a student asked if there were any plans to do, to do this. Uh, quote, you will have a better idea of that by the end of the year, according to Newell. Um, what is left to consider is what the answer actually means. Some speculate that Steam as a platform could come to consoles, while others think that it could be getting Valve ex- exclusive content. We will wait for the answer. With breathless anticipation. There we go. So, Chris, there's speculation such as this that Microsoft is putting Game Pass on PlayStation and Game Pass no, on Nintendo. No. That, and that Steam and Steam going on different platforms. No. And I can't every time people talk about this stuff, I'm like, would you put Target brand products, would Walmart allow Target brand products in their store? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. I don't even think Nintendo wants that. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's get some brand recognition for Xbox on our platforms. I mean, that's what literally this is. And I don't understand why people speculate that, that any of them, unless you can think of something like this in the industry. You know, um, I, I, I mean, as far as competing on the same level, like console console companies i mean i know there's ea play on xbox and things like that but when it comes to competing directly i just don't i don't see where this is a thing anywhere i guess there's ori right that's been on nintendo consoles um but uh, is steam coming to anywhere no you know when i when i heard it i was like what he's obviously talking about is like for instance I'm sure they would like to have Dota and Dota 2 uh, and Counter-Strike and those kinds of things on consoles because why not? You know, they've put plenty of their games on there. You have a game like Half-Life Alex. Well, guess what? PlayStation has PSVR and it sounds like they're building a really nice 
new one that would handle Half-Life Alex really well. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of more people to experience that that don't have a gaming PC and, uh, you know, are willing to pay $900 for a headset, right? Um, no. Is, is, is Half-Life Alex a game that you could pull away from VR and put it onto a normal platform? No, I think it it would be for PlayStation VR is what they would do. They would bring. I know, it over I know. There. I think that's a lot. I think that's likely. But yeah. I'm just asking. Do you think they could they could pull that platform? They could separate the two platforms and make that a traditional console game. Sure, because I mean they're still a game developer. Oh, oh, you're saying like that? No, I don't. No, you couldn't do that game, and it would. You need VR. That is a true VR game. Yeah, they built it for VR purposes. But Shut like up, Sean, I didn't ask you. You can't unbuild it, okay? The only one that makes <laughs> sense of of that kind of as far as the other side of what you were saying would be Games Pass going to Nintendo through the way of like Project X Cloud, and I don't think it would be everything per se, right? I don't know if maybe um, even Microsoft's first party titles outside of maybe Minecraft for whatever reason which you don't really need for it to be there might go, but it would be a good solution to say if the switch can handle X X cloud and you can take all those third party games that are on the service and say, now you can use X cloud to stream these to your, you know, to your switch. So you don't need to go buy an Xbox or a, uh, a PlayStation that that solves an issue for Nintendo. So they might not have a problem with that. It's clear that they're at least flirting with each other. I don't know what it means, right? It very well could be people over speculating what it actually is in reality. But no, to answer the most direct thing, you will not see Steam storefront on something that is, you know, holds the PlayStation storefront or the Xbox storefront because those are closed ecosystems for a reason. And um correct me if i'm wrong but the orange box that was all valve wasn't it was it all valve or just Mm -hmm. two valve games and something else no those are all valve games okay yeah sean you're looking good over there man just want you to know that hey thanks buddy i'm interacting with the chat i'm listening to stuff about that orange box that i did not enjoy at all when my friends tried to get me to play it Mm. and I'm, (laughs) i'm also thinking that you're comparison of target brand stuff being put in walmart is spot on well you're beautiful That's more all so um speaking of steam speaking of steam <laughs> you're steaming up this discord uh the developer previously known as prince what no uh the developer previously known as image and form has indicated that they have several games in the steam world series currently in development and ladies and gentlemen I know you know this. Most of you do. We're talking about SteamWorld Dig One and Two, uh, SteamWorld Heist. All these great, all these great, great games. Great games. Uh, on their Twitter account, they emphasize multiple titles. They also announce that they will formally rebrand as Thunderful Games, which brings it closer in line to its parent company. You remember, you may remember in 2018, Thunderful Games was founded to bring together indie studios, Image and Form, and Zoink Games under one umbrella. They all, they have assured the fans that it's the same folks, just a new name. The next game to come out under this umbrella is the gunk um, exclusively for Xbox series consoles. And I remember seeing this, yeah. this game. I haven't, once they announced it, I haven't, I don't think I've heard anything since, but I think they announced it back in 20, early 2020 when they were before the Rona became like 
Yeah. The end of times. Yeah, it was. They, it, I think they were showcasing the Xbox Series X and the games that they had planned for it. But mm-hmm. since then, I haven't seen anything. From Dude, it. Uh, that's funny. Nacho mm-hmm. says in our twi- uh, Twitter chat, is that like the first person world of goo, the gunk? Oh, man. I'm world, world of, of goo, goo was a great game. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, it was fantastic. Good callback, Nacho. Uh, I'm not going to say anything next, even though normally I would. If you haven't than, played, if you haven't played any steam world games, do it, do it, drop off this Twitch channel and go, just get <laughs> uh, definitely gotta, you definitely gotta play it. You can skip steam world, steam world, steam world. What's it called? Steam world. Dig Doug steam world. Dig a dig and a dig too. Yeah. Play the it's second hyped. one. If you got to play, play the second one, it's amazing. And I really, I really was, um, I thought uh, that SteamWorld um, card game, that fantasy fairy tale card game that I covered, I don't remember what it was called. I thought it was really charming. Great, mm. co- great little company. I like it. You know what else They're is a great work. company? And that's a PlayStation. Hey, Herman hey. Holst. <laughs> He's apparently the head of PlayStation Studios. And he said that there are more than 25 PlayStation 5 games in development. Half of these are totally new IP. It's important to note that this would include studios not owned by PlayStation who are working on games exclusive to the console. PlayStation exclusive. Uh, We don't know a lot other than a new Spider-Man is in the works, most likely with more news to come on Horizon and God of War. We can also expect to get that Gran Turismo game next year, and we hope to hear more at the upcoming E3 style PlayStation experience, which is hopefully going to be some point in June. Yeah, is that'd it in be June? Great. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. We hope so. Cause that'll be stuff we can cover on weekly games. Chat. I feel like one of them yep. is probably final fantasy seven part two, right? That's gotta be something. I don't know. You think they would mention that one because mm. I don't know. They're not going to say it or, until uh, they're ready. Or six or 16. They might talk about that. Yeah. I mean, There's, talk about it. Maybe no release date, but talk about it. One of them's got to be this Last of Us remaster that they've been talking about. Um, Whatever the next Uncharted game is that's being worked on to some degree. I Um, want the order. I want the order 1887. That's what I want. The order eight. That game is so good. Like it is good. It's just five hours long. But we talked about it. Doesn't matter. But it. 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 I. I just. That used right. to be a very contentious point. That people really, yeah, they were very but, contentious about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, faux show, faux shizzle. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Oh, Chris is gonna keep talking because uh, so I was pivot. just gonna say we know one of them is not Days Gone too. Oh, sorry, Ben Studio. I'm sorry. Days. Uh, oh, I I should go. I've got time. Since Chris is covering all these games in the next few weeks, I should just go back and play Days Gone. A long one. When you think you're done, you still got a lot more to go. Chris. Sorry, Assassin's <laughs> Creed. Weekly Game Chat, episode 200-something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are we good now? Can I go That's, back to pivotness? No, after all this PlayStation, once they say... <laughs> once, they, once they said they have 25 games in development, you're like, what were we so mad at them for? I don't remember. I was never mad at Who them. does? Who does? Mm. Chris, Chris does. Chris was. Xbox Chris is was like, we have 23 studios with each... 14 See? games in development. I don't know. 
Do you remember which, the world where Xbox can't seem to manage very well? Listen, oh. when Chris couldn't flex Xbox on us, do you remember how much better the world was? Because he is an Xbox fanboy. You remember that? No, remember it was it was dark come, times. Do you remember on on this episode on this podcast when Chris forecasted that the Switch would fail? Yeah, he I'll, said I'll admit it, it on well. air. Look, I'm it like, was great. I am, I am called. Microsoft's got <laughs> I will be the first person to say that I, I aim to be like Colin Cowherd. I speak what's on my mind and I will own up when I'm wrong. And I was wrong about switch. And I think I've made that before. You want to be Colin Cowherd? Yeah. I wouldn't mind being the number one sports puck or, you know, sports talk host in America. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speaking of number one. <laughs> We got the number ones in chat together, folks. Justice Platt has arrived, along with your boy, who's polishing his band hammer. That, of course, is Nacho Ordinary Gamer. Polishing should, his band hammer. This should be interessante. <laughs> Monster Hunter World, um, not to be confused with the Switch exclusive, Monster Hunter Rise, remains Capcom's best-selling game ever. Now reporting sales of 17 million units worldwide, baby. Monster Hunter Rise is approaching 5 million on Nintendo Switch alone. That's pretty good. Monster Hunter World's success can be attributed to Capcom's ability to push this title into the mainstream, making it more accessible with the quality of life improvements and putting it on multiple consoles. These things made it more appealing to a wider audience. That's kind of big, right? This news comes on the heels of Capcom's most profitable year on record. Mm. So yay for Capcom. I just keep waiting for Capcom to just, you know, screw up somewhere. They're doing I, good. This cannot last forever. I mean, it's Capcom. <laughs> it's Capcom. They figured it out. It seems like. It, I mean, we even we thing. kind of glossed over, but it's like they even figured out uh, Devil May Cry, right? The yeah. last one yeah. that hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very solid, mm-hmm. very solid. Plus, you know, the, you know. The, I think many fans are are very appreciative of the fact that they have pretty much vomited all of their Mega Man titles onto the marketplace over the past three or four years. You know, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I don't think people can get enough of Capcom right now. Well, currently, I can tell you this, Chris, Nintendo is unable to make enough Switch consoles to meet demand. And is becoming more uncertain about its plans for future production in the wake of the global uh, semiconductor shortage. Uh, Harper licked my elbow. It was weird. According to Shintaro Furukawa, uh, quote, demand for hardware continues to exceed our expectations even after the beginning of the calendar year. I'm going to move this over to this monitor so I can see it better. Bear with me. Almost there. I can't get my monitor to work. There we go. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it. Cool. Where was I? Um, let's see. I'm just going to start the quote over. Demand for hardware continues to exceed our expectations even after the beginning of the calendar year, and production is currently not caught up to this high demand due to the tight supply and demand situation for semiconductor materials worldwide. Although we are currently striving to produce as many units as possible, the fact that our production plans are more uncertain than they were at the beginning of previous fiscal years. Our full year sales plan is based on the premise that we can secure the materials necessary 
for production, but if we are also to produce more units, we will work hard to meet the strong demand and to be able to ship and sell those units. This could potentially cause a problem if the speculated new 4K model is an actual thing. And uh, Sean, Chris, I don't believe that Nintendo was going to risk supply troubles uh, to put out a new 4K console. I think they'll just, I'll just put it on the shelf and do it next year. Probably. Um, I don't think they want to put themselves in that situation. I don't, I, I think they've, I think many people have watched the uh, game card debacle, the, you know, the console problems and said, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to make that a problem. We've got a lot of good, I think they have a lot of good content coming out. That's not needed for this new machine. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that they need to worry about it right now. No, they, they don't. Can't, if they can't match the supply, they uh they can't that they shouldn't go they shouldn't go with it. Unless like they're they are right now going to basically pivot where the only thing they're doing is developing this 4K like unit, right? Actually making them and getting a very nice stock so that when November rolls around, they can push it out. While it might have been in the cards originally, once this all hit and it became the reality over the last five months, yeah. I, I Totally will not be surprised now to hear that they are going to punt to next year. Oh, Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean, um, can you wait on your 4K switch? Actually, I'm a little disheartened by this news. Um, it is disheartening for sure. Sure. Because I, I, I'm not taking my money off the bet that it won't launch because, you know, we, I did forecast that and we've talked about it and there's rumors. Um. But eventually, it's got to catch up with everybody, and it being the shortage of supplies to make electronics, mm-hmm. uh, and that would suck if if down the road we look back and reports come out that Nintendo was ready to launch this new thing with this plan in motion, and it couldn't happen because of the supply shortage that the coronavirus impacted all of the video game world on, you know, as far as production. That would kind of suck. On top of why Corona sucks anyway. You know, just layers upon layers of suckage. But at least we're about to get a lot of movies now. Won't have a problem with that for the next couple of months because everyone's like, hey, push forward. Right. Uh, um, Yeah, I got no pivot. I'm still devastated, Chris. Just talk about Starfield. Okay. Do it. Do it. Uh, This shouldn't shock anyone. But Are you Todd Howard and this is Starfield's logo? Right. <laughs> no, they show us that little thing floating too, and then it zipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that. Uh, Starfield will not be coming to PlayStation 5 if a report from GameSpeed is to be believed. Instead, this appears to be a major console exclusive for the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series X exclusive world premiere. Uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda raised more questions on how games would be doled out in the future. Microsoft has yet to respond officially confirming this reporting. Starfield is considered a sci-fi successor to Elder Scrolls in Fallout. Uh, Microsoft's exclusivity question regarding Bethesda uh, will remain for some time with games like Deathloop coming to the PlayStation 5 and Ori coming to the Switch. However, if true, this goes further in revealing Microsoft's intentions with Bethesda properties i I kind of take this as golden because it was uh the dude at game beat jeff grubb is like when it comes to microsoft news he's the guy right so if he's saying this and he's confidently saying it and and i feel like they already did say this right like phil said it back whenever they had that thing with bethesda where they're like we are going to make sure that 
Bethesda games are on consoles that have Games Pass kind of to me says pretty definitively you're going to have your Bethesda games if you have an Xbox or if you have a PC. Those are the two places that we know have Games Pass. And also the fact that this is a new franchise, there is no established thing. There's no reason for Microsoft, especially up front, to hand this to Sony, right? Say, no, guess what? Go get you an Xbox or, you know, come join Games Pass this fall and uh, come experience this goodness that we got if it comes out this fall. I hope it does. We'll see. I want to play it. I just, I don't see the financial benefit um, short term Mm. of not putting these types of games on PlayStation. Um, I I don't care if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. I got a PC. I got PlayStation five. I'll be fine, but I don't know. I just feel like all these, I just feel like this sort of game pass thing is kind of a zero sum game where it it, game game pass is not designed to be a massive moneymaker. It's designed to squeeze everybody else out of their ability to have games on their platform. I just, I just think that's what the strategy is. And, you know, Bethesda, (laughs) I just think that game, I just think that Microsoft can make more money overall by making the content available to everybody. It's just, and the only reason I, the only reason they they won't do it is because they're playing a long game. Then they spent seven point five billion. <laughs> uh, six six billion. Seven point five. Well, they overpaid. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I just think. I go back to the basics of you don't pay seven point five billion to put your games elsewhere, especially to the one that is the more direct competitor, right? Like, I think with Nintendo, that's a weird, interesting thing that I have no idea, right? Because it's not like you're worried about there being an exodus of people going over to Nintendo to play these games. It's more of reaching out to an audience that if they only own a Switch, right? Doing that, whereas I think those who are on Microsoft and PlayStation, they're more aligned, right? And they're going to want to try to find a way to play these things. So if that means beefing up your PC, they win, right? If it means buying the Xbox, even if even if it's just a Series S, right, they win because either way they got you over to their uh, to their service more than likely. Um, but with PlayStation, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like if that's the case. I don't know why isn't outside like why is it that you're not seeing playstation go put god of war on at least steam or spider-man miles morales or you know um i'm trying to think of other things uncharted last of us part two those are the big big ones that get the most praise from them and i think it's because they do it because they want to say this is you come to playstation for these very specific things right these elite titles that you just can't get anywhere else and i do think that even though it's a goal of microsoft to get as many subscribers on the games pass as possible i think they also do kind of want a little bit of that themselves to be like you can't go to playstation to play starfield you want that great todd howard experience you have to come to us so i mean i could i could understand if if i mean playstation they have those exclusives that everybody loves. Mm. 
but they're sold for $59.99 and now $69.99. Game Pass is just let let's 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 imagine that let's imagine that everybody from Nintendo to to Steam, PC, PlayStation, let's imagine they all got into the Game Pass game. It's a zero, it's a race to the bottom because there's not going to be the type of, I mean, you would see, I just think you would see the, uh, forgive the term, a holocaust of video game development where just, where just production values drop because there's no way. I mean, I, I'd love to see Microsoft's financials regarding Game Pass specifically and how these and, and how this and how these things stack up to an actual $59.99 economic releasing these games out the way that PlayStation does. Would place would that method make more money than Game Pass would? I would argue it would. So that, so my point is that Microsoft is not doing this for money. They're doing this to squeeze because they can afford that race to the bottom that other competitors can't do. Yeah. And I, I just think, I don't know. I, 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 the only reason to me that they don't put these, these Bethesda games that have had a 30 year history on other platforms. I mean, we can't just, we can't just, just throw that under the rug and go, they're exclusive now. I mean, I know they are, but there's this fan history of, of expectation that people are just gonna have to bite the bullet for. So you you have you have all these games that they're that they could put out and make money, but they're not. They're sucking everything. They're like this vacuum. They're sucking up the industry, and they're putting it on a Game Pass subscription service for nine ninety nine a month. They mm-hmm. can't be making them. They can't be making the type of revenue that they would otherwise. That's just how I see it. No, as far as them directly, probably not. And I guess with the the third party developers right now, the idea is. One, you get money up front, right, from them. And, of course, if you put your product elsewhere, you have the opportunity to make money as well, right, off of those sales. Uh, and, yeah, for them, it's definitely get as many subscribers as you can. I think they've admitted they're losing money right now on Games Pass. That's not something that's a mystery, and I, I expect that to be for quite a while, right? Um, as far as, I don't know sucking the breath out of the industry and, and all of that. I don't know. On on one hand, I look at it as look at, look at death stranding is a great example, right? Sony paid a hundred million dollars, which is nowhere near even their top dollar of what they've paid of their exclusives to make death stranding. Right. And that game sold like 3 million, 4 million units, which isn't terrible. Right. It's right. fine. But for Microsoft to pay a hundred million dollars and it means that three or 4 million people join games pass for a year, they can make that risk and it works just fine uh, for them. You know? So that's, I think that's what you're going to see more is like, yeah, you could see a lot of these, like uh, the dude who did Metroid or not Metroid uh, Metro Exodus and all that. Right. I could easily see Microsoft approaching them and say, we will finance your game to put it on games pass. So, you know, those are definitely real things as far as where you're going. The question is going to be, is at some point, does the camel, uh, you know, does the back break, right? And does like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) thank you. Does Uh, the back break? (laughs) But he knew where I was going. Uh, But like, does at some point, someone like Ubisoft start to go, let's get our stuff on there. Because if all of a sudden that happened, if, I mean, John, 
if I said to you, Assassin's Creed is available to you on Games Pass day one, I know where you're going to want to play Assassin's Creed every year, and I'm sure Ubisoft will be fine. And I think Microsoft might be very much fine coming back and going, here's $150 million for that, you know? It's just a night and day strategy. Um, mm-hmm. because, I, you know... Um, you know, you look at you you look at Game Pass and and there's so much of it that's such shovelware, but it's all is free. It? There's a lot of great stuff on there. Don't he's get me a, wrong. He's a fanboy, John. No, I mean like compared that. to like See? take take the Steam Store and the Nintendo <laughs> eShop above all things, right? Those kinds of things, or even shoot, take the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store. That's the shovelware, like where there is just tons of stuff that comes out there. I think for the no, most I, part the stuff so, that is there gets a lot more exposure because of the fact it's on games pass. So Colin, Colin made an interesting point a few weeks ago. I don't know if I agree with it, but it was an interesting observation. He said that when you compare games pass to the PlayStation plus essentials, mm-hmm. the quality of the library on the PlayStation plus essentials is, is higher than what is on game pass overall, because you've got those metal gear. I'm sorry. Uh, you've got those, um, jeez. <laughs> You got the Halos, you've got the, all these Halo, you've got all these Xbox exclusives, but then you've got all this other stuff that you just, you you know, you, you push, you push the button and said, what do I want to play next? And you keep pushing the button, Mm -hmm. you keep pushing the button. But, you know, he was making an interesting point of the quality versus quantity argument where the PlayStation plus essentials that if you own a play, if you have a PlayStation plus account, you have this library of games that are accessible to you on PlayStation five. Yeah. That he argues, I don't know if I agree with it. He argues that that collection is much more valuable pound for pound than what's on game. Pass. That's probably fair. I mean, Um, I I think they have the best set of exclusives out of anyone right now between the three companies. Right. I don't think that's debatable of if you looked at products put out in the last 10 years, Yes, Nintendo is probably second. I don't have a problem saying that either. But like, you know, I don't think Animal Horizon or uh, the one that came out last year is pushing the industry the way The Last of Us Part 2 did last year, right? Or Uncharted 3 did before it. I think that's very fair to say. But obviously, the 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 coming back to it, though, is the difference here is how often can they replenish the well for those PlayStation hits Right. As far as new things versus Microsoft, who can come in and say, if every month here is five new things for you. And there's probably one to two that speak to you as a gamer. Right. Well, let me let me ask you this to sort of answer that question. Uh What is the first release date for an Xbox exclusive game? Mm. What's What's the release date? That. Right now we because don't know. There's already internal. There's 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 rumors swirling that Xbox doesn't know how to manage all these studios they've bought. I mean, how that is how definitely something that they honestly have to prove. though. Honestly, how acceptable was it mm-hmm. that Halo failed to launch on Xbox Series X? Yeah. I mean, forget forget the argument that that a game delayed is much better. We we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they couldn't that they couldn't get that game out. Mm-hmm. For this, for the launch of this console, I just thought was a somebody had to have lost their job for that reason directly. I don't know somewhere. Oh. You know, I mean, there was there's a couple of people that left the studio for for three four three, I think. Mm-hmm. 
But it's interesting, you know, we talk about all these, you know, where's the release dates? As opposed to, I mean, I'm I'm only bringing that back to the fact that, yeah. you know, play, you made the point about PlayStation with all these games. Well, I guess if you want to go with an exclusive, by the way, I would call the medium an exclusive that came out. That, I mean, yeah, that, that's, true. You, you know, that's true. You know, that was out. And I would say wait till June and then maybe reevaluate because I think that's yeah. the thing. We don't, yeah. we don't know what's coming in June. We don't know what they're going to say. And it very well could be. You know, if Todd Howard walks out and goes November 11th, Starfield is coming out and it's exclusive to Xbox and PC, you know, then all of a sudden I think they're fine if they come out. And then also uh, Bungie comes out or I'm sorry, not Bungie, but 343 comes out and says Halo Infinite September yeah, 2nd. It's just I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I, where the hell is I don't know. Blade? Where is that? Oh, game? that game's I don't think that game's till next year. I mean, I, I, I could, I, someone somewhere, I heard somewhere or read somewhere that they've only recently hired a director for the game. Yeah, I think before what they showed off Bizarre. at the announcement of, or the reveal of the box at the Video Game Awards, right? Last year, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I, I, I a, got that they, more they of this is what this game will look like when it's on Unreal 5. That's what I got. But, but they gave it a launch. They said this is a launch window exclusive, I, I don't, thought. No. No, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that was not where they are with that. Um, I mean, from what I gather, the big question is, and it reminds me a little bit of PlayStation at the beginning of last generation, because I remember like when we got to 2015 and this show started, it was like a barren wasteland for a PlayStation, <laughs> uh, for PlayStation exclusives. Like we'd had all these announcements. And we were looking and like Microsoft was putting out Sunset Overdrive and they had had scale bound in development. Yeah. And, you know, here comes yeah. Halo 5 and all this other stuff. Right. And then flip side to it. All of a sudden this wave came right of here's God of War. Here's Uncharted 3. Here's Days Gone. Here's Ghost of Tsushima. Like it just kept continuing, continuing. Right. Every year there's two or three major things that you're like, I got to have a PlayStation 4 to play this. I think with Microsoft, there's a wave coming. I don't know how big that wave is going to be because of obviously, as you said, it comes back to how well do they organize these studios and run them. They have to prove that. That is a fair thing to say right now. But if the wave does come and it's a not even doesn't even have to be the, as high as a PlayStation one, you start to go, oh, dang, there's Halo Infinite and it's good. Oh, there's Gear 6 and it's good. Oh, there's Forza Horizon 5 and it's good. Here comes Fable and it's good. Here's Hellblade 2 and it's good. Like it can start to hit where you're just like, okay, these guys are doing something. You know, the the new Perfect Dark game that's coming off. Uh, if that hits, right, that could be a huge sleeper thing for them. So I don't know, you know, as far as when that's coming. But I think everyone's looking at and going, <laughs> everyone's just looking right now and going, as that happens and these things get in line, yeah, it could be very, very good for Microsoft. Uh, and the question will be, what have they built around Games Pass in addition to that to support it, to really make it something that you just can't ignore no matter who you are in the industry? So the next time I get in trouble for squirreling, right? F you. This is on topic. It is. It is. But this, not you, John, specifically, but this son of a right here. <laughs> brought microsoft into this 
His news article was about Starfield. That's a Microsoft studio. The games passed, and then you said something, John, on point, on target, and then it, this whole thing opened up. Well, I, I baited it. I, I baited uh, you, you, Did you debate him? Hey, Sean. <laughs> What uh? What nope, opens up nope, on November nineteenth, twenty twenty one? Shut it down. Rejection. No pivot. Um, John, I did text you. I did notice you had an Apple Watch on too, and you still didn't get the text. It's fine. I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do. So, uh, yeah, we got a final uh, Fantasy fourteen expansion on the horizon, boys. Let's check it out. The next expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen in Walker will be released on November twenty third, twenty twenty one. Those who pre order the game, like my friend, um. I forget his name here in the Twitch chat. Ryan Lee. The show. It's Ryan Lee for the show. John's shaking his head at me. That's funny. We'll get the expansion four days earlier on November 19th. That's always fun because you get to run around Eorzea before everyone else does in the new areas. Uh, you also get, I think, some cool exclusives for the variation on. Um, we just got a band hammer in chat. I love it. Uh, along with new storyline, N. Walker will include new two new classes. This is always fun for any MMO. You're going to get a healer class called the Sage, and you're getting a DPS class called the Reaper. Uh, I believe the um, I believe there's a picture of Yoshi P. And if you're in the know, you know um, he's the guy credited for kind of rebranding and rebuilding Final Fantasy 14. I believe he posed as a Reaper class when they had their recent Final Fantasy Day. Uh, it was it was pretty fun for those who checked it out. The expansions are typically released early in the year, but you know, due to due to the abundance of content and the coronavirus delaying development, the release was pushed to November. In addition, Final Fantasy, of course, is coming to PS5. Uh, I've already got it, but the official release may be what the news is saying. I believe they're right, May twenty fifth, and that's going to be alongside of patch. And you know, we all love a good patch. Five point five five. Um, I the thing if you're wondering what I texted John, it was about this. I'm gonna add a note. If you can't wait until November, uh, WoW Classic, uh, the Burning Crusades launches on June 1st. That's an MMO. Of course. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, not shots fired. That's funny. Uh, but uh, the pre-expansion came out on 5:18. That was yesterday. And if you when you load up the game, if you choose to um stay on the vanilla servers, guys, you can, guys and girls. Um, there's an option for you to stay on those servers, or if you want to go ahead and get ready for the Burning Crusade, you can choose that option and move into those events. Remember, um, if you're thinking, hey, yeah, I know about that WoW Classic. What does that cost? Um, it doesn't as part of your subscription, but I figured that if you're an MMO gamer, you've probably played both of these games, and that news kind of broke recently. Both of them did. Uh, in-game release date was announced and then of course the burning crusades expansion so there you go that's your mmo news for the week ladies and gentlemen have fun out there and on your adventures uh john and chris are going to play neither one of these games i will probably dabble in both john um my uh my little bell didn't go off is, did it? is, is always i always have my notification bell on my watch on silent i don't know why so i'm sorry about that but I will tell you again, don't you ever, don't you ever, ever add, deviate, deviate from my notes. <laughs> don't you ever deviate from my notes. If you have to look up deviate, do so. Yeah. Don't deviate from my notes. If it, if wow was not in the show notes, <laughs> it was in the show notes. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. You know, that's what's, what's also up. good stuff. Apparently Aiden walked behind John. 
Yeah. And the chat is saying, hey to Aiden. Uh, um, it's also good stuff was, when... That was the... <laughs> it, it's also good stuff when I say, finally this week. <laughs> All right, I'll read it. Because old giggles here. I got two I giggles. I'm good. I'm good. Listeners at home can't see. It was a th- you missed it because you just barreled right through it. You didn't let it breathe, Chris. It was funny. Uh, yeah, John, we're on finally this week. Chris's deep voice has said it. Can you get through it? I hope not. It would make it funnier. You be Let's... soft. He's going to take a step <laughs> back. I don't be soft. What? <laughs> you be so soft. All right. Ubisoft has made some announcements in their recent earnings call that I have apparently made some fans. <laughs> I'm going to start over. Hold on a second. All right, Ubisoft has made some announcements in their recent earnings call that have apparently made some fans and investors nervous. Uh, according to the publisher, in uh, quote, in line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year. Additionally, we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards triple uh, a ambitions over the long term due to this statement many people are prematurely upset that ubisoft may be stepping back from triple a games like assassin's creed and far cry in favor of free-to-play models uh quote additionally we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending toward triple a ambitions over the long term this is purely a financial uh communication evolution that does not change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases, as well as continued expansions of our post-launch plans with an increased focus on delivering our biggest franchises. I've been thinking a lot about this today. And I think there's, I think I've been thinking that there's some standard stuff that's going to stay what it is. Now, uh, Chris, Sean, we've, we've heard the criticisms for years with Ubisoft that there's this style of open world gameplay sure, that Ubisoft has that sort of exists across all its titles. It's like particularly Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, see that perch up there, go find it, unlock more of the map, yeah. take down, take down post, rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think that's going away. I think, I think Far Cry, I think Far Cry and, um, and uh, Assassin's Creed are two financially powerhouse type titles franchises that they're not going to get rid of. I don't know. The reason I've been thinking about this is I can't honestly, I really think that unless they go to a free to play model, watchdogs is dead. It's never really been a series that has, I think this, I think the first one sold pretty well. I don't think the second one did. And I think a, a repetition of the third, but I don't, I really just don't think watchdogs has caught on the way that Ubisoft has has done their darndest to do. I, I think they've reapproached the series with new, interesting ideas, but I just don't think I don't think people care about it. I don't um, think they've managed it well. <laughs> yeah, except for one yeah. game. <laughs> and you can almost see the free-to-play model DNA. I didn't play it, but in the third, um, the third Watch Dogs game. You can almost see that there could be something there. 
as sort of a free to play. And we know that division's going free to play in a new title. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a free to play. So what do you, uh, so what do you guys think of this new model about, is this a smart thing? Did COVID impact the way they thought about these things or. I think this I has mean, been in the works. Is that a lead in yeah. to answer the question? That's kind of nice. That's journalistic. I love it. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. Chris, were you, were you going to say, uh, I think this has been their direction for some time and they're just finally admitting it. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me and nor did ever that eventually division would be a, you know, games as service type model. Uh, when we played ghost, uh, not ghost. Well, yeah, ghost recon, whatever it was. Uh, Great point. yeah, it was pretty clear when we got in there, what their goal was, which was to have this thing that would be a games as service. And, you know, there was some backlash on that, right? <laughs> um, skull and bones. I always considered to be, something that was going to be a uh, games of service type thing. And, you know, every year we always hear these whispers of uh splinter cell. I ain't seen no splinter cell unless it's going to some mobile game. Uh, oh, you know, it's coming to VR and you're not happy about yeah, it. So like you, you're not, but like, whatever, you're, you're not going to get some $40 million, $50 million, you know, developed game from them. That is 12 or 13 hours. Cause I just don't see how that works for their other formula of, you know, Assassin's Creed and, and Far Cry. And about the one thing that is out there that's the outlier is uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, which we really haven't heard that much about. So who knows what the state of that is and how much money it's actually being put into it. And it very well could be the last of that kind of thing from them as they change up their model. Um, they've had to survive a lot. Uh, you know, but, and I think evolve a lot because of the attempts at hostile takeovers, right. From, uh, certain companies that they just did not agree with. And just the realities that, you know, game development's getting a lot more expensive and going out there. And as you said, when you, what, what are you supposed to do when you pay X amount of money just to get watchdogs off the, you know, the floor, as a series and it does all right. So then you make a sequel and it doesn't sell enough, even though it was reviewed way better. Right. Yeah. And then this yeah. third one failed to really grab everyone's attention as well, despite it being a pretty weak fall last year because of COVID. Um, that kind of tells you just, you know, the risk that is out there for someone like Ubisoft, who has nowhere near the money of say an Activision or an EA where they can afford to take those risks a little bit more, um, you know, or of course, Microsoft or Sony, Nintendo and all that. So, you know, that's where I think the problem is for them. It makes me a little bit sad. Uh, I'm guessing the only R1 that won't be affected by this will be Just Dance. They'll just keep releasing those and making like $150 billion every year on them. So still, still making it for Wii, <laughs> right? <laughs> that will never go yeah. away. I'm just, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm hoping when they say step back, maybe, maybe they'll give the traditional Assassin's Creed another world. It very well might just be that you run into this model where it's like every year you either get an Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry game, right? And that's your big AAA title because we can bank Mm -hmm. on those until you see different. And then you just, the rest is as as you need to as you find something that works because you could kind of experiment around 
you get to the point where, you, you know, uh, when something looks good, you say, here's our new games as service, whatever it is. If, if they would just make Mario plus Rabbids 2, they'd solve all their financial problems. Right. Uh, as a game apparently as a they're, service. Giving, they're giving away a Just Dance version uh, on Mac where you use your iPhone as the uh, motion control. And there it's 100% go. free. There you go. Yeah. So, like, if they charge for that game, too, they could make some money. Yeah. <laughs> They're giving it away. I mean, a lot of people can't afford Macs. They're super overpriced. Aren't they, though? I used I to have them. I, I love them to death, but Lord have mercy. I might have to switch back then to Windows. Then you finally saw the light. You did. For my DJ-ness. <laughs> They're so cool. They're they, so they're, cool. They're so cool. And when you see when you see a guy flexing a MacBook Pro, you're like, guy's legit. Right? He's hot. He's hot. You know what's <laughs> right? also hot? Oh no, not another one. Yeah, but. if you're gonna create pivots, be ready for the sounders, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like really. <laughs> you know what? I will pivot this to emails however I choose. And sometimes I pick the wrong song. did that very dramatically for, uh, i was looking for a more direct point but you sort of lobbed uh, it out like this <laughs> electronic mail from the future all the way from the year 3000 um if you want to be cool and get your emails read on air in front of the thousands of downloads and listeners we have per week you can do so we have an email at weekly games chat that is weekly games chat at gmail com. That's the place to be. And we have a couple we're going to read today. Uh, you guys, Matt, uh, do you care if I read one first? That's Pick one. In the norm or, all right. Who do you want me to go first? You you tell me who to read first, Chris and John, and I'll do it. I'll do it. You can't stop me. Tell um, me. Don't pre-read. Just pick one. Well, Just say on. it. Why don't you pick uh, uh, Eli? Because right. the R one's just a picture. So. All right. No worries. So this is from Eli. Of course, Eli is famous for always sending his emails. And from uh, the iPhone's iPhone. In 45-point font. <laughs> and, and for those of you who think we're rude for reading that out, it's because it's gigantimous. Uh, I apologize for not mentioning my favorite body. I would have to say out of the cars I've used, and this was in reference to last week about the yeah, Rocket League car body uh, that I've used, it would have to be the... Fennec. Fennec. Mm. I had bought it when the Saffron Fennec was. Mm. Uh, sh I shop, and I will say it was worth it. I used uh, to like the Dominus, but I realized for that for my play style, it's just too short. That's what she said. That's funny. Uh, so the only bodies I ever use now is the Fennec, the Octane ZSR, or just the basic Octane. I do not have the Octane ZSR, but I... I'm I'm actually very similar to Eli here because when I started out, I was also a guy who used the Dominus, and then I pivoted to Octane, and then I have experimented with the Fennec. It's it's nicer because it's it's not quite as uh, low to the ground as the Dominus, but it still has that nice wide body to get really good hits on the ball. So that's why I yeah. like about it. 
Pelvic deep. Uh, hey, next up, we've got uh, one from Adam. Sorry, John, I just decided to go for this one. Uh, he says, Dear Weekly Games Chat crew, I've recently found your podcast on Spotify, and while listening to it, I had a great time. Except when John said stuff. Wait, what? Um, the E3 2021 (laughs) predictions. Wait, that's not in there. (laughs) Uh, Predictions episode is my favorite so far. I have already joined your Discord and noticed that you also happen to play games as a service, which are mostly great multiplayer experiences. So here I have some questions for you. One, what are your favorite multiplayer games right now? Do you think you will still be playing them in the next year or two? Sean? Uh, John, well, hold on. John, are you going to still be playing Division 2 in two years? Depends on how depends on how good the new title is, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sean, I'm are, always you gonna, down for some division. are you going to still be playing Final Fantasy and WoW in two, three years, uh, you think? For, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll probably, uh, to even throw another curveball in, I'll probably play a Call of Duty if it's good in two years. And eventually you're going to come back and master goalieing and Rocket League with us, right? Because that's why I'll definitely still be playing in two or three years is Rocket League. Did you just set up your own what you're going to be playing? Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. That was- <laughs> uh, second, as you review single player games, how do you divide time between the single player and multiplayer games? Uh, he says, recently, I feel like I'm wasting time even when I'm playing with friends. That's why I try to move on with my backlog of games on Steam. Recently finished Black Mesa. That's the Half-Life remake that came out. And I have to say, it's an amazing piece of gaming culture. Um, So I guess he's asking here, like, so if we're reviewing something that's single player, how much time during that period are we focusing just on that versus these multiplayer games that we play? I would say for the most part, I'm kind of, unless like it, it is something like a Rocket League on a Friday night, that's the good thing for me. Why I like Rocket League, I don't have to play it every day to get the enjoyment of Rocket League. It's more of like if I don't have anything else, I can put in long stretches, and that's where I usually see my growth as a player. But I am usually just committed to that one thing. Like right now, everyone who has been in the Discord knows what the one thing is for me that I'm focused on, and that's the one thing, and it's going to be that probably till it's done. Wait, can they see what we're doing in Discord? Uh, depending. <laughs> Sean, Sean got the joke. I mean, thanks, John. Sean, what about uh, you? Understanding how comedy works. Yeah. Uh, I I think yeah. It's it for me. I can't not play multiplayer games, and usually there is some woven aspect of either WoW or Final Fantasy when I'm playing other games that I want to kind of keep playing. I guess so. That's that's really interesting to think of it that way. Uh, and I actually, unfortunately, uh, I have a set of friends, and not necessarily you two. They get mad at me <laughs> if I focus too much time on another game. So, uh, yeah. They were I good, though, like, when we played uh, It Takes Two together, right? They understood. Yeah. So that was the one good uh, did, did they? Did they? I don't know. That's that's the thing. Uh, John, the, I don't know how much this really applies to you because I know you just don't play a, a ton of multiplayer games where it's, you know, did always I at the forefront. Too. Well, yeah. Mario Kart one time. 
I forgot about that. I was in first place. Yeah, and you played uh, Ultimate Alliance with me, technically, oh, oh. and we played the uh, Minecraft Dungeons or whatever it was. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons and the fighting game, dude. Yeah. We were fighting cops and stuff. And there was that time you I pulled April? you through Diablo, and you just watched me be a god. What was the game called? We were fighting. Uh, Streets of Rage Four. Streets of Rage Four. Where I was, where I was punching the air. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Dude, you worked the air i'm telling you the air had no chance you destroyed it maybe we could uh, yeah maybe we could pivot this up john when you're reviewing something for the show how often do you find yourself instead playing assassin's creed dead space or zelda when you should be playing the game an excellent question good question <laughs> you will not get an answer i know i i um i can get very distracted with with games that and sometimes they're the same, but games I have to play versus games I want to play. Yeah. Right. And you just sort of, uh, that's, that's to me, that's where my balance is as opposed to a multiplayer versus a single player is just balancing, you know, and, and I, and I've decided in the past week that I know what the answer is. Mm. I'm no longer going to sleep. There you go. That's the way you do it. I'm not, so just, I'm not doing it. Scarface situations here. We're just going to run lines and go with it. Yeah, I, I, Coke Zero. Here I, we come. Right? It's off camera. It's off That's camera. Coke but Zero. Off to the wait, side, wait. off to the side is a mound of Coke. <laughs> oh, hold on. Funny. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. You cockroaches. <laughs> uh, oh, finally, uh, Adam asks us: uh, Are you interested in esports events? What games and tournaments do you like to watch? I would like to recommend to you the Gran Turismo Sport events. Races are really, really close and intense, even more than in real life. Hope you all. I hope all of you and the listeners have a great week. All the best, Adam. P.S. I will try to catch up with you on Twitch. And he also provided his tag. I'm not going to give out here because I don't want to presume you want that given out. Uh, I think. All three of us can say we're not very big into the esports uh, environment. I, I would like to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I'm not knocking the the college football talk in the beginning of the show. Sure, it, it's never it's never a problem, but it would be interesting if we were collectively more interested. I'm not trying to force us to be more interested in esports, and we would come together, and you know, every once well, in a while, talk about what like happened. Review event, John, like wrestling, yeah, John. Yeah. This weekend, we can watch the NBA 2K League if you want. Me and you. We'll get on here. We'll stream it. We'll stream it together and uh, <laughs> and watch it because I know you really want to get into this. The one thing I do actually watch and I enjoy mainly because they have a channel that specifically explains to us dumb people how the game actually works is the Dota uh, International they do every year. There is like a channel where people are doing things. It has a little... Uh, things for people like us here it goes this is what this means when they do that right. you know and i i enjoy that can you imagine chris you and i streaming an nba 2k e-tournament and me saying so what's that guy doing and you go that's called dribbling john <laughs> uh the only is that the thing jerry west did <laughs> that's that's that thing is that how, that he, he, is that how he, he became the logo of the nba right? yeah it was something yeah the only esports thing I've ever really been, and you're going to laugh when I say what esports it is, but it's the Nintendo World Championships. And this was even mm-hmm. the newest one they did or the ones from back in the day. I always thought those were fascinating and I always watched them. I try to watch esports stuff and I can't 
Mm-hmm. I generally find the announcers to be, Chris, you call them informative. I call them annoying AF. They can be. Um, Some can but be. But when I watch, I don't I don't even know the movies right now, but sometimes I'll watch a movie or a Netflix show, and in those movies and shows, there's like esports stuff going down. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, quick squirrel moment, I don't think there's a better trophy given the way they present it than when you win an esports tournament. It, it, it is. Feels, yeah, it feels it's right. epic, dude. It feels I would so. like to see. I need to start watching Rocket League tournaments uh, as far as in like their leagues and all that because, Sean, I think of you like of the times I have seen it, it reminds me so much of like the soccer announcers of what makes that so great, right? You know, especially like the the Spanish announcers that are out wait, there. Wait, and, wait, and they know that the goal's happening yeah. or about to, and they see what's going on. Yeah. 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 I wish, you know, I, I would definitely be down for that. John, there's one email left. And I think it's blinking, and I think it's meant for you to read, sir. Yeah. This is from Tyler. <clears throat> Sorry, that wasn't fake. I, oh, I had something in my throat. All right. Hey, guys. Hey. Just finished Resident Evil 7. Great game. I was going to go buy 8. That's Village. Uh, whatever. But I want to hear what you guys have to say about it first. I'm glad I finished the game before I listened to your podcast because, Sean, uh, Spoiler. After, listening, after listening to your podcast, I couldn't believe how many copies Nintendo Switch has sold. I might have to buy myself the Pro that's coming out. Anyways, oh. game on, guys. Uh, Tyler, you're in luck this week. We are talking about Resident Evil. We have talked about Resident Evil Village. I think you'll like what I have to say. So go check that out. Thanks. Game for on, Tyler. Thanks. And I'm sorry if I did give you a real spoiler. I don't remember. What did you say? Uh, I don't remember. I don't want to say it again because it was apparently a spoiler. Uh, you probably yeah. said that Ethan dies or something. I don't know. No, I probably was. I was like, did he not die? Like, because remember, I didn't finish seven. Yeah. Uh, John, so there's there's that. People write us on Discord, do they not? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do. And we got some Discord emails. I'm going to try to listen. A conversation was brought back up, Sean, about your wife. Your wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but first, I'm going to point out that Yuri sent some pretty cool information um, over on our Discord email section. And this was a Forbes article um, about how Epic revealed it made $50 million from one set of Fortnite skins, which is crazy. Uh, Yuri then finished or finished, followed up with saying, but hey, I used to do support for a silly mobile game. It was a slot machine simulator and card collecting uh, village level building thing with only virtual in-game items to gain. And I found a player, a player that spent over 40,000 euros in less than a year. Jeez. No wonder we had some na- naive, confused players from time to time expecting real money on their PayPal upon reaching certain levels. Really sad, but this game is making millions in profit every year. Support jobs could not be paid left. Freelance contract with no extra weekends, night hours, no paid vacations, which really... Uh, did not make Yuri happy. Uh, so as soon as he left, or as soon as he could, he found a better opportunity. Um, it's really sad when only people on top hoard all the profits. That's not a. That's why Robin Hood was around. You know, 
he he spread it he spreaded the wealth but i say that he brought thimbles back in john because he did he then replied to you know like how last week your wife uh you called out that you had, so you said you had we, not been on playstation 5 and then she said you have remember she she and she and i had a talk after that after the show and uh, she uh, she said okay so re- in reality i don't know whether you're playing xbox or playstation i never know which one you're playing so, I mean, I have played a lot of Xbox. Uh, you know, I played a lot of Resident Evil 7. So at the time that I made that statement, it sounded wrong to her because she saw me on the, a console and just not assumed the it was console. not the console. So yeah. I will not make her uh, apologize to me through Discord. Mm. Uh, Nacho later says, John, keeping the theme of John, uh, I said Nacho, I meant overblown truth, sorry. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm reading it right. Overblown Truth says Nacho may be the number one weekly game chat fan, but I am the number one John fan, and nobody will take that away from me. You can have that. You can have oh. that. All hey, Overblown, have fun with that. No refunds as <laughs> is. No refunds. As is. We will ship him to you overnight if that's what you need. Uh, Punkhead wrote in today and said, email, what makes ME2 so good that people praise it as one of the best games ever? Mm. Can, I, can, I, can I try to answer this, Chris, to see if I got it? Uh, is it storyline, gameplay, characters, graphics? Mm. I was pursuing the Reddits and on the X-Bone sub, one of the folks started getting <laughs> a, a Richard that's not soft for it and not just reddit my friends that have played the og series love it as well mm-hmm. also why would i or anyone want to do a repeat playthrough is the story so different from paragon to renegade mm-hmm. how many times have you played this chris and john is gonna speak on it and chris actually replied i got you boo so boys uh when i actually i, I this is just how it plays in my head but when i first moved in with chris he was playing the ever living snot out of mass effect 2 yeah it just um, came I'd, out. I'd walk i'd walk in um some of the <laughs> what are some of the female characters is miranda one yes okay so i go in and i'm like what are you what are you doing and he's playing mass effect he goes i'm trying to so and so miranda <laughs> so that is that is the that was sort of my first introduction to Chris's experiences with Mass Effect, but from from everything that I that I've played from the first one and everything I understand from the second one, what makes this game so special to me from from what I understand is it was one of the first big games that gave you sort of narrative choice that put a that put an emphasis on um sort of marking your own destiny in the game. I mean the the ending's the ending, but sort of a, a a sort of a narrative the narrative threads on this were sort of unlike anything that had been, that had been done prior on a game this type of scale. Um and that's what to me that that the impression I always got was that what's that's what made Chris always go back to it. He had to try this angle, he had to try this angle. Yeah. He wanted to play a different class all this stuff. So that's sort of my experience with Chris playing Mass Effect 2. <laughs> and he um, kept wanting to, to to have all these relationships with all the different characters. Well, before I mean, that you, was, you that was a requirement. 
who did I see today on your stream? And I was like, ooh. That was Miranda. <laughs> exactly. I too, yeah. John would say the same things that Chris who was, said. Uh, who was she patterned after? Um, uh, Yvonne. I cannot remember. It's the girl from Chuck. And Chuck, now she's yeah. in uh, she's in The Handmaid's Tale is the last uh, thing I've seen her in. Putting Chuck and Handmaid's Tale on the <laughs> to-do watch. Hey, how do you know it? She was on a season of Dexter, I think. Yes, she was on like the fifth season, I believe it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she's been around a minute. Um, but as far as to answer the question, as far as Mass Effect Two specifically, John's right in the sense of the whole Mass Effect series. One of the big driving things is choice and consequence, and seeing how you approach things and and lean into characters like am I going to role play this character? And he's going to respond to any question he's asked based on what that character would be like. Am I going to make him just a goody two shoes? Am I going to, you know, make him a complete a hole? Uh, you know, there are certain characters that at times are really hard to keep around is the best way I'll say this. Um, and you just always wonder how does the relationships change and all that in the experience of, certain events in the game changed by those choices and decisions. But as far as mass effect two, why that's the best one, why everyone always harks back to that, right? Mass effect two, the story, the main story is like this much of the game. If you actually think about what they go and do in that game, what their you know objective is, it's not much of it. What made that game so dang memorable and was shows what Bioware probably does better than most, at least back in their prime they did, uh, is that they had all these side characters that were joining your crew and you got invested in every single one because every single one of them had their own little worlds going on and you got involved with them and you got to make choices in those worlds and you saw the way that it personally could affect them. You could push them to a darker direction in life in some instances versus one that maybe gets them thinking about the world a little bit in, in new context of where they are in that moment, right? And that's just like a really powerful thing that you do not see uh, anywhere else. Like there, there's a character, you know, and the thing that was also so great is so many of those characters outside a handful are not from the first game. You know, it does do that thing where you're going into this expecting it to be we're continuing this story of Ashley and of Garrus and Talia. Most of them are not there. Instead, it's here are a bunch of new people and they win you over so well because you just become invested through conversation and such. And now on top of that, the innovations in gameplay, like someone who just finished mass effect one last night and went back to mass effect two. I was like, Oh yeah, this is when this got polished. Okay. This is when the combat really got exciting and fun uh, and crazy, but that's the big thing. And I mean, there are moments in that game that like still get to me every time I go through it, just because it's really, really well done. Uh, and it makes you think about a lot of big issues. It is cool to play games again, um, that you've already played when they come out. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I recently, when I say recently, it's probably been a few years now, but when I played uh, Halo again and went from Combat Evolved to Halo 2, you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. This is what happened in between. I, I love I love what you just described when that when that happens, uh, you know. But it's like uh, Uncharted guys, 1 to Uncharted 2. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys, for the emails. That's awesome. But uh, we do have some Twitter to cover as well. I'm going to start with a direct message, and this is from no other than the legend himself, at Justice Platt. This is a direct message, ladies and gentlemen. It reads, double inceptioning myself by DMing while watching the live recording so I can hear my message when I listen to it again. Game on. LOL. That is classic. I love it. We've created Mods, if you could uh, ban that (laughs) We've created self-inceptions. Uh, that's that's great, and uh, I didn't want to lose that. So, I I I don't know uh, if I followed this person or she followed us, and I followed back. But I also follow her on my personal Twitter. Um, but this is great. Um, it's at Amanda Blaine. She always has really quirky, funny things, and this one stood out to me. It was kind of funny. How come you never see a headline like "Psychic Wins Lottery"? <laughs> Oh, that's funny to me. <laughs> also, scientists, ladies and gentlemen, have discovered the youngest volcanic deposit yet documented on Mars. This is breaking news. Breaking. So that volcanoes could still be active on Mars. Cool. Cool. That is cool. I, that is breaking, like, legit news and stuff. So I was like, you know, let's check that out. We got some couple. We got some couple. We got a few followers. I do want to remind you, though, um, if you... We're like, how do I get to that Discord? This is your weekly reminder. You can find a pinned tweet on our Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. Um, but we got some new followers. So at uh, Vital TV, thank you for the follow, following you back. At uh, Matt A. Georgiou, thank you for the follow, following you back. At Heck uh, HFX Archivist, thank you so much for the uh, follow, following you back. At Stephen the Rich, thank you for the follow, following you back. And at Adam Osiwala, thank you for the follow, following you back. You want to be a game developer? I hope that one day you become one. Thank you so much. And that will do it for Twitter this week, which means Chris should probably start some music because I'll start saying some things. Like this has been episode 308. Can you believe it? It was pointed out earlier in chat that Justice Platt realized during the recording that he had been listening to us for the last three years. Where did time go? That's a great question. Uh, boys, if you've got nothing else to add, I will remind everybody once again of how to get in contact with us. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com for emails. It's uh, weekly game, at weeklygameschat on Twitter for the socials. And, of course, we have our private Discord. Um, Chris, give me some indication if I need to keep going or can I slowly go into the game on? You can go into the game on. All right. So I will simply say, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, game on to Chris and game on to John. Game on, John. Game on, John. Meet game, me first. Game on, John. <laughs> now we'll game do on. our taglines. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Love life.
What's up, everybody? My name is Garrett Morlang. Hey, everybody. I'm JJ Prudhoe. And we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we are the preeminent video game podcast in the entire world. We are trying to take over the world with all of our comedy, with news and whatnot. And we are so excited to be members of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Yes, we bring you uh, all the news you want to know every week. We bring you movie reviews, game reviews, uh, and all the goofs you want to hear. So come check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast service. 